have one light in my apartment, so I have to do it in the kitchen. But is that why you're in the kitchen? Yeah, that's my whole apartment. So it's like a big hallway. But there's no light over there. You know, there's a thing called lamps. Yeah, I just I haven't invested any. I just finally sold this bike, and then <laughs> I'm just I, I just save all my money so I can do comedy. No, I understand. It's something I got used to in Chicago. Now I immediately want to acquire you a lamp. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I'm nervous to pick things up because of bed bugs. I didn't think bed bugs could survive at this elevation, but oh god, yeah. Corey got them at his house. No. They're not supposed to. They're not like really. Yeah, they're not. They're supposed to be like a sea level, like moisture. They don't like. Thanks, global warming. Yeah, I have cockroaches because it's like a old part of town. Yeah, I lived in apartments when 2013 to 2015 when I lived there before I started comedy. I lived in these apartments that you couldn't keep the bugs away <laughs> because the, everybody around. Well, they, they live in the sink and shit, like in the pipes. Are so. you easily creeped out by bugs? Well, I I pay seven fifty a month, and it's how I'm able to live my debaucherous life. So I know I'm just saying you're not like. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would not like to. If I go into detail, first time I saw him, I ran to the landlord and was like, "Ah, bugs!" But now I'm just I just kill them. But if I go, I was trying to save them. Sorry to talk over you. No, you're okay. Thank you for apologizing. Um, yeah, I was trying to save them, but as soon as you take them outside and it's a little cold, they die. Like. You can't save the cockroaches, Brian. I don't know. Yeah, they were in this trap, and then I ripped their legs off. I don't know. I was trying. No, the, the cockroaches don't feel anything. They don't have, like, no. veins. They're just, you know, smash them. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I had them in apartments when I was growing up. And, I mean, they weren't really bad, but they were there. They got yeah. I had friends that had cockroaches really bad, though. Like, to where I wouldn't like want to even sit in their house or like use the toilet because I was afraid someone would on me. They're just so bad. Yeah. And, um, when you live next door to those people, you get cockroaches. It doesn't matter how clean you are. You're going to have fucking cockroaches. That's what it is. Yeah. Even like something happened when I moved in two years ago, like the building was different. They were different, but like now it's like families. Like they're all, I've never heard anyone speak English. Over here, so like, uh, yeah, what they're all uh, immigrants and stuff, but um, what it's all now. But when I moved in, it was all like drug people, like people on drugs, and it was weird. Like, just in the past two years, well, you can't get rid of the cockroaches now if it's old because they're just infested in the walls, and the only way to get rid of them is to just they're in the them. sink, burn yeah. the place down. They're they're in they're covering all the pipes, they're covering all your walls, you're surrounded by oh, they're not in the walls or anything like that. But. Yeah, they are. Maybe they are, but like I, they're in the sink. They come out of the sink. Like, yeah, I, I've got it. And I, that's forced me to learn how to be clean. I don't know. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it does. But you're like, I at least don't want to be part of the problem. You know, I can't be the solution. That's like that. Yeah. Global like global warming, you can't fix it. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people just don't make it worse. Like, yeah, a lot of people are more concerned about being seen caring about climate change there i've always been it's part of my bit i've been trying to do but i say that as i drink a bottle of water 
but oh, dude, you can't. I used to recycle religiously. It might have been. Um, I didn't buy this. Yeah. It was purchased at the store by someone else. I didn't pick it up, but. I mean, you can't do like, I don't know, like. Uh, One reason I like to drink out of bottle, they don't have plastic cups, okay? And my hands will just release shit. And glasses, they break. So I got yeah, something plastic. I'm just making excuses. No, well, I mean, I mean, you got to watch out. Those have BHP or whatever it's called. I know, something like, uh, you, right? Well, it's not the fact that the chemicals in there. It's just they sit in the back of a hot truck being delivered. Yeah. And then the heat releases it into the water. I know. My mom, um, about once a year, tags me in a Facebook, like a article from an, on Facebook. And it's about how women don't leave your bottles of water in the car and let them get warm and then drink them. Yeah. Because it'll yeah, be it's um, it's a, they've been taking it out because uh, people have been complaining, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know if you look into it, it's pretty scary. These people that are bottling this water, they're pretty you know, terrifying. There's just only so many things I can worry about at once, right? That's the thing. I used to be a religious recycler, and then but now I I don't have a recycle bin at my building, so I go to the apartments next to me. And every time, dude, someone comes out and like threatens me, like just like a territory thing, you know, capitalism. Like they're just like, it's mine. Like, you know, it gets picked up twice a week and it never gets filled up, but like that's mine. No, don't recycle more. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I had to give up. I just, I don't know, dude. And then like because of the bugs. I didn't know if they were caught, so I didn't want to put it in my car and drive it somewhere. I'm like, no, don't do that. It's just tough, but and then they put it on a boat to Malaysia. They put it on trucks, ship it to the Gulf Coast, and then they put it on a boat to Malaysia. So is that really? I just rather it be in our own ground. No, somebody <laughs> said that once that that there was there's that they can't. They're getting too much recycling now. It worked too well their campaign, and they can't process all the recycling. And so yeah, they yeah. Just, well you need people to go through it and then like if it's not clean they got to clean it out yeah i watched it on a how it's made video on sesame street yeah. back in like the 80s i don't want to do that no like i'm all for a green new deal but i don't want to hang up like solar panel i don't want a job i just want the world to get better <laughs> <laughs> like, that's oh the way I man yeah. You're dedicated, Brian. I was. I used to be. I used to like. You're, dedica uh, you're dedicated to comedy. Now, here's the thing. I'm dedicated to my own. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I noticed that since I became a comedian, I don't know if this is true for men, but I know since I became a comedian and I moved to Denver and I just like really leaned into being a piece of shit. Um, yeah, you can do it every day here. But now that I... But now that I say I'm a comedian, everyone tells me I'm brave and that, and that they yeah. wish that they were brave enough to do that. And you're living your dream and you're chasing it. I mean, at least you're trying. And they're all like proud of me for being this piece of shit because I'm called a comedian in their eyes. And, and they're like encouraging you. So you're like, ah, oh, fuck. 
Yeah, but people here in my hometown in Wichita, they see me posting from Denver. They have no idea. And like people that aren't comedians anyway, comedians in Wichita know the truth, but like my mom and her friends and like my friends that live here, they think I'm like crushing it. They think I'm- Well, you are. My sister is the same. I keep telling her that it's kind of lame. It's just a lot of waiting around. And I mean, I'm doing pretty good. Like, I'm not saying, I'm doing- I'm doing pretty well, but I'm not like crushing it. And like, they think I'm crushing it. They're all convinced yeah, want... you're going to be fucking famous any day now. Any day now you're going to get. Is that. that your goal? No, it's not even my goal uh, ever. I, I was hanging out with, uh, you know, there's different groups of comedians. Mm -hmm. Like I was hanging out with one of the groups and um, they were like talking like they, like they, like that's their main drive is that they want to be famous. That's good. That's how famous people get famous. You don't get famous yeah. unless you have the drive to get famous. It rarely just happens upon people. And that's great that they want to be, I don't think there's anything wrong with people. No, no. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. And everyone I say, I talk to says that, but it's just different for me. Like I don't like if it's the writing, I guess. So yeah. like if, um, like just getting on stage is just, if I could do it without getting on stage. I probably would, but you can. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I like the I like the fact you can write something and then go do it that night. Yeah. And then or whatever. And like well, I just really usually it really took to it really fast. I don't know. Usually people that write write in teams of at least two. So they bounce well, off each other. Yeah. yeah, when you're writing, yeah. Usually when you're writing, you're writing for like you have a group of people writing, you're not doing it by yourself. So you bounce it off each other. It's like you yeah. all hang out and talk about something and which sounds super fun. Yeah. Well, I got spoiled to that in Chicago, but it's kind of stupid to want to be a filmmaker in Chicago, but I don't know. It's a long story, but like I would go to screenwriting on meetup, you know, I go to mm -hmm. meetup.com and I go to screen and everyone like, you know what I mean by saying administrative? Like a lot, some people are like, they're interested in the administrative part. If I, if one second, if I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but if I look like I'm zoning out, I'm just really high, but I'm listening. <laughs> I just made Yeah, I got beer. I haven't drank in two weeks, but I got beer today. But. I just may look like I'm not listening, but I am. <laughs> so oh yeah, funny. I was just looking at my face. I, no, I'm joking. No, I can't stop staring at my face either. I almost have. Oh, it was being recorded too. Yeah. Josh is like that mm -hmm. when we're. Uh, it's just we're recording. I don't know, but. No, I think it's anytime. Like if I'm doing comedy and there's a mirror in front of me, I can't stop looking at myself performing. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not like that either. Yeah, that's why I don't practice or I've never watched my tapes. Oh, I watch my tapes. If they're but, a good uh, tape and the crowd's laughing really good. Man, yeah. I watch him. I'll laugh at my own tapes. That's what I, I want. Yeah. I will watch the tapes and make myself laugh. Legit laugh at my joke. Like, <laughs> I am yeah. funny. I will. I'm a, it's obnoxious. And it's yeah. Funny. It's kind of, I've never really, I've only seen you at like the Sunday mic. Dave, David's mic. Mike. I've never seen you like in front of a real crowd. I was excited to see you at Coppolina's show that one time before he passed out. That was fucked up. I talked about that somebody on the podcast, I think nobody's going to hear that. It, it was like two hours, over two hours long with, it was with Rosa up north in Fort Collins and man, yeah. we, we, no one's going to listen to it. And it breaks my heart because we got into some serious shit. She like, she like channeled into my dog. 
Yeah, she seems like she's an intense character. I don't know. Lewis knows a lot about her. Intense, uh, but man, it was fucking great. We laughed. We cried. Was, I felt all the emotions. It was. Wow. Amazing. We really connected via Zoom. It was. Yeah, intense. yeah. It was pretty intense. Yeah, I've never really seen her. Yeah, yeah, but I've never seen. I've never got to see you like in front of like a real like that that crowd at uh, a show. Period. Yeah, yeah. I just never got to see your jokes. Like, uh, yeah. Do you have videos online? Yeah. Are you trying to say you don't think I'm funny? I'm trying to say I've never seen. Uh, Me do. I've really never seen you do comedy. I just saw you on your birthday. You were oh. co-hosting that mic. Oh, you've never even seen me at the mics. Not go up. I don't. I can't remember one. Uh, we're. Other than that one, I can't even remember I don't a mic think that we're I at even mics like a whole lot. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I pretty consistently go to mics, but I don't pretty consistently go to certain mics. You know what I mean? Like, pretty consistently, mm -hmm. I go to Irish Rover on Mondays. Yeah, um, see, I go to Thick Skin, so. Oh, that's why. And the rest of them, it's really a crapshoot on how I feel that day, or if I needed to DoorDash extra to make money, or it just yeah. depends on the. I don't know. I don't like to make a lot. I don't like to make a whole lot of plans when it comes to comedy. Cause then it makes it feel like I have to do it. And then I'll like not do it. Yeah. That's shows, the way I am with everything. Yeah. I will plan shows, but I will not plan um, anything else really. Unless I'm yeah. using mics. I don't plan mics except Monday. I do want to start going when we can to comedy works more on Tuesday. I was going to start doing that and then the world shut down. So yeah i guess it makes a difference uh it's cool to see everyone it's just so like i was i started going and then it's been like a new wave of it probably happens every year i've only been doing comedy two years but oh, like yeah. a bunch of people came in at once but like they were like they came in and they were like ready to go like and then, well, so they all up to Tuesday and then it was like this thing I don't know in my That's, mind a lot of comedians moved here from other places mm -hmm. um, That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but like um, I'm not talking shit about anyone no I know I'm just saying why they're already they're not new comedians. It's just like people coming from Portland and Seattle and New York and LA I guess that's what I meant just new people yeah. to the yeah. yeah that are already like way above yeah, yeah, I guess that's why. Yeah, and then they all, I don't know, and like, but that's hanging out with Lewis has really helped me think what think what you want about Lewis. But uh, I like Lewis. Like, like I, I was never even I was never even doing podcast. I was like, I don't want to do pot. I don't want to do anything yet. I just want to get good at comedy. And then like, um, just hanging out with Lewis and Corey and stuff. Like, I started like, you know, being more motivated, and it actually it made me a lot better. Dude. Like. I never would have done that New Year's Eve show at Voodoo. That's why Denver's Lewis good. Went up and like, call the guy. Don't be a fucking dumbass. <laughs> call him. Yeah, that's so why I called him, and like, he's like, yeah, do the show. And then like, I did okay, but it let me put things. By. I don't know, like, yeah, I, but I'll do that. I'll just be like, oh, it's not worth it. Well, I'm just Denver, gonna lie. Denver's <laughs> good for that because there's a lot of people. There's always people above you. Um. Yeah, especially now. No one, yeah. They will pull you up if you – you just have to associate yourself with the right people that are not going to drop yeah. you down or keep you down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not motivated. They motivate. They motivated me to 
get out and like um yeah yeah i just hit this guy up and then he hit me Derek warbuck shout out to Derek warbuck you know him no but no the lmao show no one's gonna listen to this i know i'm just joking is that lmao show uh have you, have you heard about it or have you know about mm -hmm. it been running a while but it's at it's voodoo it's sold out every time is it in denver yeah it's at the voodoo it's one of their shows, one of their regular shows. Oh, I don't have they all the shows listed. Yeah. I mean, you know, if nobody ever submitted it to 5280 Comedy, it's not on there. I will go out and seek new mics to add on there. Um, yeah. But I, so it's fresh for traveling comics because that's the most messages I get. Like, is this mic still happening? I thought this mic was closed. So I tried, I pay attention to the new mics and stuff, but I cannot keep up with all the shows. I, you know what I mean? And so if yeah. people don't submit shows to me, I don't know they exist. Because there's too many. <laughs> I can't keep up with all of them. Anyway, go on. Yeah, that's the way. It, well, I think you're doing a good job. It was in shambles there for a while, but it's just, Megan, it's, Megan seems to take on a lot. She seems to be one of those hardworking. She compulsive. is. She can do a lot, you know, but then yeah. it's like. Yeah, oh, well, she does. Great. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, whatever. It's like, it's not a priority because there's no real benefit to me to do it yeah. other than I'm a, I'm a not, I know I can do a good job. I'm obnoxiously organized. There are a few people that know me because I do the site. Um, I have really big plans for that as soon as the world starts again, but I don't, um, you know, I don't really get anything for it. I pay for it actually. The new one I'm going to do. Not a oh, lot. really? Not a lot, because it's like 17 bucks a month or some shit for the basic one. But I have big plans for still, it. Do you, still, yeah. You should, uh, I bet if you did some I got a logo of, uh, made. I paid to have a logo made. It wasn't too much, but, and he does really good work. Are you in the comments? If, if you did crowdsourcing and asked for a dollar from each comic, you'd make a hundred bucks. I know. But I'm already begging people for money so much this year. I can't beg. It's not even money. begging. Like, it's, uh... No, but, dude, my car... You would just have to think how to put it, like... My yeah. wheel flew off my car on, a, <laughs> on my last tour. I was on my way to St. Louis and, like, a couple other places, and I was actually going to make maybe $200 that weekend performing comedy for the first time in my life. I'm, I was going to actually break even on a tour, and my wheel just flies off, and I got stuck in um columbia missouri for five fucking days oh yeah isn't that where the school is yeah but unfortunately i wasn't near the college that would have been dope because i was broke so i had town. to get like the cheapest motel there was it was so cheap that the guy there was a guy as a maid the guy cleaned the well, that doesn't yeah i worked i worked as a houseman in winter park and there was a male if you're at like a shitty motel like a shitty motel and the the maid has to be a man it's because women aren't safe there and oh, and so I didn't think, see, yeah i don't i didn't think yeah there's so many things i worked I at a i worked at a um motel like a hotel here a nicer one best western I and mean, it was nice compared to that <laughs> it was nice compared to the thing i stayed in it was i got, fancy. What, you're I got what you're saying yeah um, i know you're it's not the it's worst funny. hotel I've ever been in. Me and my kids stayed in a motel in Santa Fe once. The lamplighter? I don't remember. My kids refused. All because, 
all because I refused to pay a $20 charge for um, like an extra kid or something. I can't remember what it was that pissed me off about the first place. So we find the shittiest one there is, but it's too late to go back to the other one. I've already made a scene. And so, um, but yeah, my kids wouldn't even, un like, they slept on top of the beds in their coats and blankets. Like, so even the kids were conscious of it. Yeah, they were adult, not adults, but they were teenagers. Yeah, they were like uh, 12, 13, and 15. Yeah. I don't know. I was retarded as a kid. It's hard for me to, I know you're not supposed to say that, but my family calls me it, so. Do they call it for real or just playing around? They don't really. It is a joke I used to do, and then I did it at Streets one time, and Kobos was like, uh, eh. I was like, well, I better not say that. I yeah, know. it's twofold. Okay, the first part offends me a little. Makes me kind of go, ugh. And then the, well, I didn't say, the yeah. second part makes me sad. I'm like, oh. Well, what, I say, what I say is I'm, uh, I'm mentally sparse. And don't get offended. I can say that my family thinks I'm the R word, but I understand. Like, I don't want to be I think one I've of those. I've heard comments. you say that joke. What? I think I've heard you say that in the last year. Probably, You've only been in two years. So I've lived in Denver half yeah. your career. <laughs> yeah. And the only, the good part. Yeah. The first part was when I first started, I was a wreck. I was like, my mind was whacked out. We could go into that if you want later. But. Or now, if you want. Oh, I should tell you that I don't edit this at all for Fat Lonely Bitch. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to ruin your uh, podcast by telling a long story. I throw it up there. Okay, so you really, I mean, it's not like you need to think about what you say. It depends on how much you care. Yeah, I'm not thinking about it, but. Here's the thing, like, yeah. I don't care. It's rare that something comes out of my mouth that I truly regret that I said. It's what not that, it's just, it's just, uh, so I was living in Winter Park. Like I moved out here to give up on filmmaking and art and like just uh, learn how to live, you know, mm -hmm. long story. But like, uh, so anyway, I ended up in Winter, Winter Park, which is like a ski town. Uh -huh. And then like, uh, I hadn't drank in like years and shit. And then I started taking uh, Xanax mm -hmm. and like, and these other kind of Xanaxy drugs or whatever to how, cope with my boredom. How old were you at that time? It was two years ago, so 38. You're 40? Yeah, I'll be 41 in July. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I didn't realize you were old like me. Yeah. I mean, I knew you were older than everybody else, but I thought you were... I yeah. Thought, I thought That's you were, what freaks... It freaks a lot of people out, but this, what I'm about to tell you, freaks people out even more. Oh! So I came here, and, like, I had this impression that comedy was, like, falling down and this, like, like Sam Kinison kind of like, you know, type of comedy, like screaming and not offensive, but like just yeah, aggressive. No, I get it. Like, I don't know, I just, I'd never done it before. And then, uh, yeah, it was alcohol fueled. And uh, like, I used to fall down a lot. On stage. Like all this stuff. And then, uh, I don't know. And then I just realized like comedy is not that anymore. I think, I think maybe that type of comedy would have, been more popular in like the early 90s late 80s but uh things have changed you know like in the late 80s early 90s it was all about getting fucked up and like uh, uh, and like well also like society just changed you know? also you're like 
when you first start comedy, no matter when you start it, you're trying to find your voice within comedy. Yeah, that's true. And you're trying to make that voice be unique. Um, and so you have to find your voice. I think one of the benefits for me, I started at 38 as well. So I think one of the benefits for oh, me. you did? Yeah. But I, I'm older than you, so I've been doing it for four years. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm 42. I'm like not even a whole year older than you. But anyway, <laughs> like six months. I mean, so, I'm old. It's just because I was born in 79, that's all. Yeah. No, so I um, I had a, what was I going to say? God damn it, I'm high. I was talking about my age and then, um, but that's oh. not what freaked people out. It was the way I was acting, you know, I'm like. Okay, I know. I'm just. You can go more into that. I just don't have a way of saying it. I never even thought about it. I'll get back. It. We'll get back to it. We'll circle back. Yeah. When I, I got, I was, I'm 38. I started when I was 38. And I think that helped me because I already had, um, I'm trying to talk too loud. It's late. A worldview. You already had your worldview. I already knew who I was. So I wasn't trying to find my voice and my comedy voice and trying to figure all that out. Um, I've already lived multiple lives. I feel like in my time because every few years I was a different person and now that's slowing down for me. Yeah. But comedy helped me, I feel, figure out who I was, like put like fine tune who I was as a person. You know what it Yeah, you know what it is? It's you have all these things in your head or whatever, and then like your family and your friends. But then when you do comedy, you go up in front of strangers and instant feedback. You're like, wait, that's not funny, but my whole life I thought that was funny. Yeah. Like I thought this was funny. Wait, this is offensive and this like kind of hurts people. Is that the kind of person I want to be? Like, those were a few of the steps I went through. Like, Yeah, I already knew that that wasn't the kind of person I wanted to be. Not that that's wrong that you didn't already. What do you mean? Like, I just, I don't, I know, like, people think I'm this, like, bitch that doesn't care and wants to hurt people, but I really do try. Wait, hurt people? Hard. I don't think it hurt people. Yeah. Huh? Do what? I don't think hurt people. I think you're projecting there. I don't think anyone thinks you want to hurt people, I think. Uh, emotionally yeah. hurt people not physically hurt people maybe you do it just i don't yeah no you kind of just are withdrawn you're withdrawn <laughs> when i see you at the mic you're you're withdrawn you don't yeah i mean because there's like that's not like fully who i am all the time when the i know that yeah i know that i just yeah i'm talking about people that like people that like know me but don't know me so well like my very close friends. I don't have a lot of close, close friends. So people that know me really well know what's reality and what's not. But when I first meet people, especially when I, when I'm first in a new location or there's a lot of new people around me, I don't know. I just observe. I keep my mouth shut. I watch the room. I just observe how people are interacting, who's interacting with who, mm-hmm. kind of hearing what people are saying, how they're behaving. I just take it all in and it takes, you know, some time for me to really feel comfortable in a new environment to where I can really come out and be who I am, which is a pretty loud person. I'm pretty loud. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's one of my problems with dating is because when a guy first dates me while I'm getting used to him, I am like quieter and I'm, you know, I don't roast him and I'm quieter and I'm, I, in his eyes, a nicer person. And then when I get comfortable, 
you know, and I get too high or something and then I fucking piss them off. Yeah, it's similar. I have something similar. I'm still single, but like, uh, I'm like really present and, and kind of like a little lovey dovey, you know? Yeah. In the beginning. And then within a few weeks, like my, I need to be withdrawn in order to create or just balance. A lot of it has to do with I'm mentally unstable and I've found these ways to uh, control it without drugs. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's like, like that, you know, like I have to maintain my own world. So anyway, like, yeah, I'm like lovey dovey. And then I start to be myself and well, yeah, it kind of goes to shit. And then like, instead of dealing with it, I just become withdrawn. I, uh, I, I don't usually use that word much. I'm usually lovey-dovey and then I stay too lovey-dovey and then they do something that pisses me off and then I don't like them anymore. And yeah, I'm kind of lovey though. You know, I was watching like some pot. I'm lovey-dovey till they make me mad. What's that? I'm lovey-dovey till they make me mad once. And well, then- that's the thing, yeah. And then like, yeah, emotionally immature. But I mean, I had girlfriends when I was in Chicago, but I was lucky enough to find girlfriends that had their own lives or whatever so like I wasn't the main focus in my life. no I had yeah like I have my own life in the normal world um yeah. before the world ended I had much more of a life again. <laughs> again and I um I mean because I was seeing a guy before this happened yeah. um we weren't we've been seeing each other since maybe early January um we weren't like we had just started calling each other boyfriend and girlfriend at all or anything remotely like that um right like two and a half months later and he came to a mic once but he didn't really come into my world um it was was set up pretty nice i would see him once maybe twice it was starting to get up to twice a week at first it was just once a week you know and I would see him once or twice a week um, on nights that I really didn't have a mic or something I wanted to do anyway. And they were his days off. It just worked out really well. I saw him like once or twice a week. And then I, the other five days of the week, he was working and door dashing, doing whatever the fuck he does. And I was doing comedy related things or just sitting at home alone because I now require at least one night a week to sit at home alone and just get high and think yeah just think and be able to be as gross as i want and just free (laughs) to do whatever i want and eat disgusting and not have to worry for one second about what anyone thinks about it yeah that's cool yeah a lot of people jeff nelson's like that he won't go out on sundays yeah i need a fucking but he's just one of them like i don't know like it's good to have that you gotta have your own I think after I doing comedy for a while, I always hear three years. And then, what's that? I'm sorry. I know I talk a lot. No, I, I talk. I'm trying not to talk over you. I'm getting used to this <laughs> over the whole quarantine. I'm sorry. Um, and then Grambo, Grambo knows that, so he'll just talk over me. So I stop. I'm like, <laughs> I want you to talk. This is a podcast. I'm the yeah. podcaster. You're supposed to talk. Good. It doesn't always happen. We're doing good. I feel like we're trying to relate to each other, but we're not really. We just kind of have similar experiences. And it just spirals another story, which is cool. Yeah. That's how conversations are supposed to work. 
Um, yeah. I don't remember what I was talking about now. Was- yeah, so it's just tough for me, but like, I don't know. This whole nine weeks, which just felt like three weeks to me, but it's weird that it's been nine weeks, but. uh, What? It's felt like three weeks to you? Like, well, there was like a week I was naked the whole, I don't know, like, so when my last, after I made my movie, my last two years in Chicago, I kind of withdrew from society or whatever. And then like, so it's like what I'm doing now is like what I was doing then. So I'm already prepared for it. But I also moved out here because I didn't want to be like that anymore, you know? Yeah. And I couldn't, couldn't get out of it in Chicago. There's no way. So, uh I moved out here, I got out of it, but now I'm back in it, but whatever, like, I keep doing things, but I'm just like, this is pointless, like, you know, like, I made a movie in 2013, and the first couple weeks didn't go well, so I ended up rewriting it and shooting it all by myself, but that's not the, so I'm making a webisode now, what's that? When you did that, was it better? Well, it was better, because I was able to... You know, when you accomplish something, you can like put something behind, you know, but, but uh, and, like realize things. But yeah, it wasn't good. Or did you go to school? I went to art school for a year. I mean, did you go to film school? Uh, I went to the um, art institute in Chicago. Yeah. For a year. I wanted to be an artist, like not originally, but then like in college computers came out. Yeah. And then like I built my own computer and then like I learned about Photoshop and yeah. changed my major. And it made me go I went to school for like five and a half years. And uh all this stuff. And then like I was like, Oh, what's this thing called art? Like I really like this thing. And then like at the time it was during the Bush administration. So they were just like, You want some money for art school? Here's a shovel. Go out back and take what you need. <laughs> So they gave me all this money. So I moved to Chicago and uh, it was also another way to get out of my parents' basement. And I went to this school for a year. I didn't do too well second semester. First semester I did good, but I learned a lot. Well, it's a long story after that, but no, then I made I a movie. A, my goal was to make similar. a movie and then I made a movie. I have a similar experience for school. I changed my majors a whole lot. It took me forever to get them. Mine's a little different, but I have a similar story. But uh, I was gonna say like, so you're teaching yourself how to do these things. So you're probably going to, it's a, it's a bumpier road yeah. to, when you're teaching yourself how to do something, but that's how I learn best. And that's how I usually like to do things. Um, yeah, me too. And so, and so, you know, if you fail at it, it and you, re, you tear it down and rebuild it, if I rebuild it and it's not better after I rebuild it, I will lose my shit. I don't know. It's not happened. It wasn't always great after I rebuild it, but it's better than it was before. Um, and yeah, it may it may have been because of what I was reading at the time, but uh, I learned from doing that that there is no failure. There is no like, like with art, like yeah. you know, some people are really whatever, and then like a lot of it has to do with uh, I don't know your income, like how much income you have, how much exposure you've had to things, like growing up and stuff. Like it really that really matters, but. Uh, like a lot of it is just like you get things out of art. Okay. So doing art, like that's how I made all my friends. Yeah. You know, that's how I learned. That's how I was able to make peace with a lot of the frustrations I had. Cause I'm 40. So I came, you know, I was alive. I was 
you know, in high school and then college in the 90s. And then I was all through the Bush administration. So I saw how the world changed, you know, and I didn't like it. And I was under the impression people were going to see corporations as like kind of a bad thing. I was there, man. Um, anyway, it went, the, it went a different direction, but you get things out of it. Like you get yeah. maybe not money or whatever. Like I got things out of my bad decisions that are pretty great. Again, I, I don't think there's bad decisions because it would have just been different. If you would have I done have, it different, it would have been different. I had, four, I had four kids <laughs> yeah. um, in five years from the ages of, of 19 to 24. Same guy? Or? Huh? Same fella? No, two guys. Um, okay, that's like a, The that's girls natural. have two dads. That's natural. The girls have two dads and the boys have two dads. So I kept it easy that way at least. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, my girl's his dad is a is a is he's he's like five nine kind of bulky Hispanic man, and then my boy's dad's like six foot four, blonde hair and blue eyed. So you can really tell when you see my children together that they do not have the same father. I can't even lie about it. I tried once to a guy I was dating's parents. Because his parents had the reaction. They were like, four kids, wow. And then his mom was like, same dad. And I just wasn't prepared for her to ask me that question. Um, yeah. And I was like, yes. And then I was like, no, like immediately. And they're all three just staring at me like I'm crazy. And I was like, I was like, uh, my girls have a dad. My boys have a dad. I, I, was, I, I was married to my boys' dad, but not my girls' dad. And I was like, so I've only been married once. Not that that's any better. And then I just shut up and they just stared at me from the other side of the table. You were trying to project yourself off of them. They were like, a, they were looking at me like I was a freak. They, Does that make sense to you? Like projecting. I did that for a long time. Like, no, as a parent, I understand how they, okay. If my, my, just, oh. I, I was young. So if my 23 year old son brought home a woman to me, that was 27 years old and had full oh. fucking kids, I would freak out inside. Yeah. I wouldn't say anything to them, but inside me and my husband, cause they were married, would have a private conversation about how we, she's a nice girl, but no way do we want our son to marry this chick. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were engaged. We were going to get married. They were. I feel like at this point in my life, my, if I did that with you, my mom would be like, Oh great. We can just pick up now. And then she'd go into the closet and pull out all the toys she already bought. <laughs> They're grown now, man. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. They're. No. She would, my mom. That's where I get my delusion from is my mom. She's got some video games in there. She's got all everything. She's, she's been ready. Yeah, but I feel bad. It's one of the things I feel bad about. But, dude, if I had kids and stuff when I was 27, like I, it, it would just be like a divorced, you know? Like, I wasn't capable of doing any, like, you know? Yeah, you would have. Were you capable of catching a woman that was good enough to mother them without I you? I caught a bunch of women, like. Good like women. I, that could have taken care of them. Yeah. And completely fucked them up. So they wouldn't be with the state or in foster care, at least. No, no, it would. And I'd be working. Like, I'm not. I'm a, you know, I'm an adult. Like, I, I've always been an adult. Like, but, uh. 
that not that, but just it just went a gone well. It just went a it went a gone well. I really rose to the occasion. You know, I really rose to the occasion of motherhood. I did much better than I should have. If you like it, I don't know. No, I wanted children though. I've had this discussion yeah. with a lot of women lately. Yeah, you wanted them. Yeah, I've been, I never. I've been doing podcasts with a lot of women, and. Yeah. You know, some of them don't want children, and I'm like, yes, good. I have jokes about it. And I'm like, good call, you know, because you got to really want kids. You got to really, really want them because when they do yeah. bad shit and they fuck up and they make you mad and you want to punch them in the face and throw them <laughs> in the window, you can't because My mom's you love the same. them. You love My them. Mom's you, the same, hurt yeah. them. you can't kill them because you'd be too sad. I don't say that because that's cliche. You can't be like my dad. My dad, when I was. Like he would just be like, I don't like hanging out with you. You're my son. I I feel like that. I love you, but I don't like, like he you. would say he would speak his mind. Yeah. I was just a disappointment to him. But honestly, I was like, no matter what I did, I was gonna be a disappointment to him. Like it it didn't it doesn't matter, dude. Like that's what I realized. But my mom, she's really been like she tries to understand me. Like she sometimes she just gives up, but when I was younger, I passed really tried, yeah. When I was younger, I thought my mother didn't um, accept me because she didn't mean to. She wasn't mean about it. She would never say yeah. anything mean to me. But she would say things like, "I um, I have two older brothers. When they were when they got pregnant with me, she was like, they knew she used the rhythm method. I don't know who that is. I don't really want to explain it. But she was like, I may or may not get pregnant when we have sex." Oh, well, if I get pregnant, hope it's a girl. So when she found out that I was a girl, she was so excited because she had already attached all these expectations of who I'm supposed to be based on my vagina. And so she wanted a, she wanted a little girl that was going to wear pretty dresses and be a girl. Um, I can't imagine how disappointed she'd be in me if I didn't have children because that was the one thing I did that she wanted her daughter to do. I also gave her one good wedding. I've been married three times. The first one was a real wedding. My dad walked me down the aisle. We danced. We did the whole fucking thing. So she got a wedding and she got four grandchildren out of me. So, you know, but I, I wore flannels and t-shirts and combat boots. I was a fucking grunge person in high school and I smoked a bunch of weed and I fucked all the boys and I was not the daughter that she was, she had expected me to be. Because I was, you were never gonna be, and it was it was. I was never gonna. I was, really, I've heard it even. Thank you. Yeah, she had those expectations of me before I was even born. Same thing. I feel like the same thing with my uh, my father, but also I don't think it was ever gonna be. I think that's. I always thought I got my mental uh, sparseness from my mom's side, but as I got older, I realized it little bit from my dad but my dad was in a serious car accident when he was a kid yeah and that changes people like sam kennison like all kinds of people he's just the one I'm, I'm, so i don't know like i feel bad that i'm not what they want but i don't even know like i don't know dude like i just sam kennison um was my favorite my first favorite comedian ever in when I was a kid, he defined Detroit, like the Detroit I lived in as a kid where my uncle, my cousins were older than me, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what it was, dude. Like, just like, like, just, sort of like, 
but like soft. Here's yeah. what, here's how much I love Sam Kinison. In eighth grade, um, I was also taking a lot of white crosses. You know, those are speed pills. Um, oh no, they have a. Uh, yeah. Uh, what year? Eighth grade, so ninety. Ninety, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty sheltered from drugs. I think it's why I... I uh, they were in my school. They were everywhere here in Wichita. There was weed. I didn't know any kids that didn't smoke weed. It was a lot. And yeah. um, so I was on White Crosses, and Sam Kennison was like my idol. And I would um, just... I would go up to kids that didn't know me, and I would slam the locker shut and then scream in their face... And then I would run down the hall, like screaming and just freaking. Oh, so you're camping. a crazy bully, yeah. I wasn't a bully. I wasn't being mean to them. It was that's funny. Mean, that's mean. Yeah, I well, it's it bully. To, you thought being a bull, like the president, like he's. I wouldn't do it to like dorky kids or kids like me or other stoners. Yeah. No, so I. You had your own sense of things. That's cool. I did it to like that. the football players and the cheerleaders and the, <laughs> those people. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after yeah, a while, uh, you know, yeah. and they were like, yeah. they liked me. They thought I was cool because I did it. The st like everybody, like everybody, I, I didn't hang out with those people. But they thought I was funny and they thought You're I'm a hero. This is like, I've never like, I'm just making a connection in my head now of why I like being funny. I've never actually thought about it. I thought I was being mean to them to get back at them. Originally, that was the plan. I was like, I'm going to be mean to these fucking assholes. Like they're mean to me. And then... <laughs> They liked me because I did it and they yeah. thought I was cool and that I was funny and I was crazy. Yeah. I didn't start. The thing is, is like, I saw boys do that, but when boys do that, they end up like doing what they tell them to do. They're like, Hey, Hey Jeff, go over there and jump off that thing. And the dudes are like, okay, I didn't do that. <laughs> I wasn't like that. Sounds like you had your own mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, man. I was, I always, uh, yeah. The girl I dated in high school had her, she was in the honors program in my school. They kept the honors people quarantined from the rest of us. <laughs> I met her at the mall, but no, she just had a sense of who she was, dude. And I was like, I was just going with the flow or whatever. My high school boyfriend was a loser. Um, he never graduated high school. I've seen him since then. He's still one. He had, Oh, but he had an ugly face and he was um just just gonna just not what i should have been with at all my parents were terrified but they never told me that because they knew if they told me that that i would like him. that's life right <laughs> you know and yeah they're like we can't do anything about it she's gonna love who she loves and they're like let's just let's let's pray for the you know they believed in they believe in god and shit so they're like let's just pray to god that she graduates high school without getting pregnant so apparently that was my bar for high school i didn't know that till i was growing up so when i told my parents i was pregnant at 19 and i wasn't married i was real scared i thought or 18 i graduated high school i graduated early but i thought that uh they were gonna be like upset I was terrified to tell my dad mostly. It was my mom. I was okay telling my mom, but I was so scared to tell my dad. I thought he was going to be disappointed in me. I thought he was going to be really upset with me and uh, cry maybe even. He, he, he didn't cry a lot, but he could cry. You know, I was really worried. But then when I gave him, I just handed him the pamphlets 
he was, he got so happy. He was just so fucking happy that I was having a baby. I was, he never was upset about it at all. He was just like, really? He was really fucking happy. And so I was like, oh. People so love babies and they love uh, weddings. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. My dad looked good at my wedding too. I like babies, I guess. I don't know. I just, I don't know. No, it's fine. I don't think people should have children that don't want to have them. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I wanted them. I had a plan for them before I had them. I've wanted babies since I was a baby. When I was three, if a baby, if there was a baby younger than me, I would treat it like a baby and be like, oh, it's a baby. Yeah. So when I was three, I was trying to carry around live human babies as my baby. I, what, I think it's because my, my mom's parents were so fucked up. That I don't know. Me and my my sister also. She's third. She's five years younger than me, so she's she just got married. But yeah, I, I think she's some, not gonna have a kid. She has a job or whatever. I think some people just don't want kids, and some people do too. I'm not saying it can't be by trauma, but yeah. I'm saying some people just don't want them, and that's okay. What's hard is when you don't have a sibling. When you're the only sibling that doesn't want them, and all your other siblings have kids, sometimes yeah. that can be a problem. Yeah, I'm not sure why my sister's never, because uh, she has a job, but it's like, not like, you know, it's not like, you know, she's not traveling around the world or whatever. Well, and all she doesn't want to. <laughs> well, she did. I don't know what, what, what what's up with uh, my sister, but um, I don't know why she doesn't want to have kids, but I don't want to have them either, but I feel bad for my mom, but see me and my I, would, I would be open to it. Me and my siblings talk about this shit. Especially me and my little brother. Yeah, me and my sister don't really, I don't know. Me and Our my parents kind of drove us apart. My little brother's 11 years younger than me. So I was like, I hated him oh, for wow. a while. But he's, you know. He's gonna stand it, and uh, we talk about things. And he's also a comedian. He started like six months before I did, actually. Oh, yeah? But he's just still in Wichita. But yeah, he comes out there sometimes. And he brings Denver comics here when they're passing through. But um Tell him to bring the bring us over. The only people he brings brings here is Sam Talent and Yeah. Like he wouldn't like set up a show and bring just anybody here. Like a hitter, yeah. You want a hitter, yeah. It's more Sam like Talent. if because comics that tour pass through here a lot. And um so they'll hit like me or my brother who whatever connection they have here. There's like four of us maybe that have four or five of us that have friends that hit us up and we'll put them, we'll make a show because we don't, there's not a lot of regular shows here. My brother does have, a what do you do? Show. You produce it, you put it in a restaurant yeah. or something. Uh, there's bars, mostly brewery. Yeah. That's a different way of doing it. Yeah. My brother had a monthly show at the comedy club here, but there aren't any regular shows here. There's not enough. You can't get yeah. a regular show alive here very well. It's very hard. My brother has the first, like he has a regular show, monthly show that actually pays him money. And that's amazing. Um, and it was doing pretty good. And so um, so it's not like Denver where there's regular shows, regular shows. So like they'll be like, I'm going to be hitting up Wichita on, you know, June 2nd. And you can be like, oh, let me see if I can put a show together. And you hit up the venues and see if they're available. And I mean, there's only like four or five venues. It's not like a lot of venues. Yeah. You see if you can get it together. If you can't, you message them back and be like, sorry, man, I can't can't get a show going. Yeah. Which usually is rare. You can finally, 
it depends on the comedian, but you can find a show. And most of these comedians, no matter who they are, no matter who they are, most of them don't care if they're passing through Wichita and they're coming through anyway. They're like, fuck it, I'll take tips. I'm just, I mean, I'll be in there anyway. So, Mo Alexander, I've had him, I've had him here through when he rolls through like two or three times. Um, I like Mo one time at Thick Skin. I made it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. He did it for tips. That's cool. Yeah, Mo's cool. Dude, I, I was just joking around with him and I was talking to him for five minutes and then he wasn't, he's just standing there, you know, like he does. And I was like, all right, man. Well, sorry, dude. I just wanted to talk to you. And he's like, it's all right. You will crack it. And then he walked away. <laughs> it's just like fun. Like, holy shit. That's hilarious. You just stood there for five minutes. and then He calls me baby girl. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was trying to get to know because I, I, I like, I don't know. And then that I, night he walked. I don't he's know. Just like, he's like calm, but funny. And that's kind of the direction I'm going in. Yeah. I don't really like men being that formal with me that I'm not in a romantic relationship with, but he's from the South and he's Mo and I know he's not trying to like, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about it. I just know him from that. I just wanted to tell you that. I just always thought it's all right. You will crack. I, I like him. <laughs> he stood there for like eight minutes and listened to me talk. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying as a female, especially like, I was watching that comedy store uh, documentary. Watched it a couple of times, but they were talking about the belly room mm -hmm. and how they made it for women or whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen it. What's it on? Is it just on YouTube? Uh, YouTube. I can send you the link. It comes up on. That'd be cool. It's just I... like a, a documentary about the comedy store, and they talk about how they made Mitzi made the belly room for females. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've been trying to think, like, how, why female comics are different than male comics. Oh, I can tell you a lot of reasons, but I, I'll go on and on about that. If you, you know. I, I have one hypothesis. What's your hypothesis? It's that they, uh, they bring an administrative quality to it, where, uh, where when uh, guys do it, it's like anarchy or whatever. But they, like, they bring uh, a professional quality to it. They bring a professional quality to it, but then like maybe they perceive that as not being i don't know i don't know like why well professional comedy had to separate the female comics from the male comics no i mean there's not there i i, I can tell you not necessarily even it's what i see in differences is not even just how they perform comedy or or their process or them as artists necessarily i mean just as being my friends and interacting with them on podcasts and interacting with them in group messages and interacting with them on Facebook. Okay, group messages that are just women comics, it is about the business. When's the show? What's the lineup? Business, business, business. But then when the show's over, that was really fun. Thank you guys. Great show. You did a great job. They like tell each other how awesome they were. They tell each other how awesome they looked. And they're like, you're so, yeah, that was amazing. You're super nice to each other. And then, um, not that they don't roast each other, but they just don't do it in a group chat where they don't know everybody. You know what I mean? It's different. It's a group of 
girls or women are very close and they all happen to know each other, that's a different dynamic. But I'm talking about like just a show. You don't know everybody. And then uh, male comedians on Facebook like to shit on your joy. And they do this to men or women. It has nothing to do with sexism or gender. This is just how some male comics are. If you post a post being happy about something, they just start roasting it in the comments and just shit on your joy. Yeah. Yeah, I could say that. I've learned doing comedy. I was tripping one time with Lewis, and uh, I realized that I'm, I'm miserable. Like, that's what it is. There's like a hint of miserableness behind me. But like neither of you or Carlos have ever done that. You guys have never shit on my joy on Facebook. Well, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I was, when we first started talking about this, I was thinking about the belt, like, um, female comics, and I don't know, like, but Katie Bowman went up, well, the second time I went up at Comedy Works for new talent, Katie Bowman went up before me and destroyed, you know? Yeah. And I've seen her destroy a bunch. She's just one comic that, like, I happen to be in the room a lot with her. And then, uh, I mean, so, I, like, I don't understand why, why, why Mitzi would, like, separate the men and the women. Well, that's a, that's a, they can't be separate all the time. Not anymore. No, anytime. You can't completely keep men and women separate in the comedy scene all the time, but they do need to have one space, at least, that is safe, and they know that no one's going to try to rape them there. Yeah, you think that was it, too? The I know that's it, because I'm a woman. Yeah. And I know for a fact that is one reason, one major, major reason why... She was looking for safety. Huh? He was looking out for their safety, maybe? Or? Yeah, even if even if they don't know they have a predator, they haven't caught anybody, there's no rumors of anybody in the scene, if there are 300 men in a comedy scene, I don't know what the statistics would be to say that they are, how what percentage of them would be rapists. Um, maybe even if it's 1%, that's three rapists, okay? So there's three yeah, rapists. And so... I can I can tell you that almost every woman in the comedy scene, uh, I'd say seventy five percent, and that's being generous, has been probably raped in some yeah. manner. So yeah, it's a necessary Ooh. thing. You're like sheep, and there's wolves out there trying to hunt you. That's what it's like mm. being a woman. You're the prey. It's just naive to that because I yeah I don't know like I've always uh... it's not part of your existence. It's fine that you wouldn't fully. Upper, up, comprehend that it's part of your existence you know yeah and then my male thing is like i must understand it <laughs> yeah. like instead of just being like that's the way it is except you know men are fucking i'm learning gross. yeah i'm learning i think all this stuff's good like it's a little there's all you could say what you want about things but uh here's the thing about carlos is like who's carlos not carlos i always call him carlos Lewis? So racist. Lewis, yes, I always call him Carlos. I'm sorry, Lewis. I know you're fucking. I'm gonna crazy. I'm gonna name him Carlos in my next thing. Yeah, I always do. I always call him Carlos and it's so racist. Carlos Carlos Hernandez. Feel, Carlos Carlos. I feel so racist when I call him Carlos. But anyway. Whatever, dude. His mom's name is Gonzalez and he's Martinez, so it's like No, I know he wouldn't care. <laughs> Just my white guilt in me. Um You wanna hear something funny real quick about Lewis? We went to Boulder and this guy Rob drove. And Rob drove me home without Lewis, and he's like, "You know about Lewis and his mom, right?" I was like, "Yeah." 
I don't know about Lewis and his mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, he lives with Lewis. his mom or whatever. I know yeah. he lives with his mom. <laughs> I don't know. I just had to say that out loud. He said, I don't know. But, I'm trying to... but here's the thing. They're Hispanic. It's not weird that you live with your elders until you're married and have children and move out on your own and get your own family. But then your elders live with you. They, no. It's not that big a deal that he lives with his mom. I live. Oh, in, it was just the way Rob said it. That was I, funny. I thought there was something like weird with his mom or something. This mom's cool as fuck, dude. She's a little weird. Like last time I was over, she was like, Brian, do you want some food? And she was like standing in the dark of the hallway. And then she just kind of floated backwards, like into the room. Sometimes I think she's dead or whatever. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> but she's just, she, she's cool. She's just raised a kid on her own or whatever. She sacrificed her life for a kid. Or no, she's I get cool. it, man. I did. Yeah, she's, a cool, she's a cool lady, dude. It's just, you know, she's, a mom, you know, whatever. She's Lewis's mom. My girl's dad is Hispanic. Um, so, and, and even though we haven't been together, um, since they were like two and three months old. We broke up in 1999. And he's with the same woman that he's been with since we split up. We split up, he met Amy, and they've been together ever since. So it had to be me. No, they've had lots of problems, but they're happy she, now. She can take a punch. Huh? You can take a punch, it was just a joke. Though. Oh no, he never hit me. Um, no, we just didn't get along. We just wanted different lifestyles. It was, we were young. Yeah, like yeah. yeah I've had, I was 17. Well, he yeah, was 21. Up or, yeah. I was, you know, and so we had a, we had a couple kids. And, yeah. but we, we co-parented them their whole lives. They're 21 and 23. So, like, when we have birthday parties, we would have joint birthday parties. And so his family would be there and my family would be there. And we'd have to rent out a whole goddamn thing at the park. When they were little, not when they got older, but when they were small, like they're their third and fourth birthdays. We had these joint birthday parties. So I hung out with his family. So that's just like how Hispanic people, I mean, they just keep their- Bouncy castle. They keep their adults. Generally, it's the eldest son, the, the adult, their parents live with him. Growing up in Detroit and like uh, outside of Detroit, and Sterling Heights, uh, a, lot of, I, a, lot, so a lot of the people I knew were first generation Polish. Their yeah. parents- moved to Detroit and then they moved out of Detroit as per that's what you do yeah. and uh, yeah. it's the same kind of thing dude. like it's just that old like, gotta keep everything together it's a great plan man like, I don't know it's just they uh, they don't have to worry about retirement because their kids are gonna either. be there it's just an Im immigrant what oh you don't uh, have to worry about I think they're just thinking like I'm trying to make enough money yeah no that, that's that yeah. why the system was set up what system? Why grandparent? Why your parents stayed with the eldest son? It was because when you get old and you need someone to take care of you, your child's going to take care of you because you took care of them. And so you trade off and then you don't need end of life care. You don't need the hospitals. You don't need nursing homes because you take care of your fucking family. And now we have all these nursing homes where we just, where people have just, for the most part, stockpiled their family member and i'm not talking about somebody that has like serious alzheimer's or yeah, that's the same my grandma like had yeah. i'm just saying like physical health they still have their mental health but and there comes a point when it's too much to take care of on a 24-hour basis by yourself while you're trying to take care of kids and shit but 
that's like 25% of what's in there. The other 75% are just old people that people don't want to deal with anymore. They're their parents or their grandparents and they stick them in there and they shelve them and they're just like housed there until they die. That's Is that why people have a lot of like, there's like a stigma about putting your parents in a home? Yeah, I always like, they, yeah, the home will take care of them. But. That's what white people do, but they're real expensive, dude. Unless no, I know, I know. My, uh, they're awful. Yeah. They're awful. They're depressing. I've worked in my, my, my grandpa's in one. So my grandma died in 1986. And my grandpa got like a, like a small like malpractice thing or whatever. Yeah. So he had money. So he's in a real nice uh, retirement home. I mean, like he almost broke his neck in the shower. So they're like, his house smelled like shit. Whatever. Then my on the other side, my great aunt, the lady that raised my mom for a while. Yeah. She she's broke or whatever, and then uh, she's in this home, and you can see the di like the difference is like yeah, stayed home versus well, she's in a Jewish thing like the. Yeah, but, but it's like a state home. It's like a Jewish state home. Yeah, it's it's not necessary most of the time. Most of the time, there's somebody in their family that could have taken care of them, but they don't want to. <laughs> yeah. My mom tells me to put her in a home. I'm like, you are insane, woman. I'm not putting you in a home. We're gonna figure it out. We've already, me and my brothers have already figured it out. This is you how got we. That stigma too, okay. My brother Billy is gonna throw money at it and visit every okay. once in a while. Randall will throw money at it and visit every once in a while. And me and my brother Eric have to do the, do the most, you know, take care of her, actually live with her and actually take care of her and, and all that. Well, you got a lot of, yeah. She had four kids though. That's a, that's a good thing about having four kids. I'm oh, gonna yeah. be fine. Having kids, they'll take care of you. Mine will too, because I took really good care of them so they would take really good care of me. I thought about that too. Like, these fuckers are going to have to take care of me today. I better not be too mean to them. I better be yeah. nice. Make sure they go to college. They are yeah, nice, man. Yeah, for me, like, a lot. I don't know what um, the comedy, but, like, I'm also working on my acting and such. I do acting exercises on my own. I should probably, like, it's, I thought I'd be doing improv and stuff, but I like the non-academic approach. You were talking about that earlier to um things okay. but uh, i'm just working on being crazy dude like so i can like when i turn 75 i'll have been doing comedy for 35 years at that point the way i said at 58 i'll be have been doing comedy for 18 years and if i don't have like a special or something happened or whatever but then like i'm just gonna start acting crazy dude and then get in a state home are you going to end up like, no, if you got like famous or something. It, no, I don't, I'm never going to be famous. My world. I think you would end up like, God damn, I can't think of his name. And it's not because I don't know who he is. It's because I'm old and I'm tired. <laughs> Did you watch Crashing? Yeah, I watched uh, several episodes. On HBO, the guy, Hardy. David Tell? Yeah. The, the, no, the, not David Tell, dude. No, not David Tell. I was going to say, he started comedy when he was 18, dude. Yeah. I, this, I'm sorry. He's my hero. This is not going to... You kind of look like him a little bit. Ari? David Tell. 
Well, it's just that's what Harrison Garcia used to, he calls me the the stoner David Tell. Yeah. But um, I like David Tell because his threes, like, uh, it's just his. I don't know. He's just fucking. Like he is the comic, like Patrice O'Neill, him, uh, Edward Norton, or not Edward Norton, but whatever his name is. Oh my God, who's the goddamn? Yeah, they're like it's like they've transcended their human form and they've become the comic. Um, David tells one of those too. Yeah. You don't think that's just how he naturally is? Artie Lang. David tell. Artie. I, I said Artie Lang, but you think I'm Artie? All no. right. You want to hear something about Artie Lang I learned no. today? I'm I'm making a joke. I'm saying that oh, yeah, yeah. I think you are Artie Lang. Lang. I'm saying like if you got too like much, to yeah. you would be you you might do all the drugs. Well, he started comedy when he was 18, dude. He had a huge movie career, dude. Like I know. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying he's a weird. I, I don't know. He's an anomaly. But you know why he was on the Howard Stern show? I no. think. I was watching the Sam Kinison. I was watching a Sam Kinison documentary, and the guy said that Sam Kinison was the first comic to be on Howard Stern, but Howard Stern didn't like comics because he found that they can't break their character, their onstage persona, so yeah. you can't be, be real with them. Yeah. But Sam, like he thought Sam could do that, and then I think that's why he picked Artie. Yeah, I don't think that my on-stage persona. What I know of Artie Lang mostly is from the show Crashing. He pretty much just plays himself in Crashing. He yeah, he's pretty much, that's before he snorted all that glass. You see his nose lately? Yeah. You hear about that? Yeah. Have I you saw. seen his podcast? I've watched a little bit of it. Yeah, he's got a guy from a, his halfway house. Is that's the only way he could get uh, work release? Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen it on there. I've seen it on the show. That's the cool. Gilbert... Goffrey one, Lewis has made me watch it like 20 times, dude. It's like, he still watches it to this day. Like, he just, it's pretty funny, dude, but like, they just make fun of the guy. Yeah. Gilbert's another one of those people. He transcended the comedy and like, he just became the comedy, you know? It's a weird thing to say. That is weird. Or maybe he just became himself and comedy helped him figure out who that was. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. I, I, like, yeah. my yeah. stage persona is not, um, I mean, I'm trying to bring more of who I am into it to a certain degree, but I don't want, if I brought me to stage completely, there'd be a lot of uhs and ums and what was I saying? Yeah. You know, I like think. Yeah. You can't bring that to stage. That's not funny. Yeah, I tried to do a story at Lewis. Lewis did a mic on his front porch or whatever, social distancing mic. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, you're out of town, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm it was the same. Thing. I tried to tell an actual story, like a real life story that I told on Josh's talk show. Yeah. And, uh, and it was the same thing. It was like, um, well, uh, so Detroit is in two parts, like, and there's all these facts, and, like, you could just see people, like, they're just their faces glaze over. I like to have conversations with people like that, though. Yeah. I, you know. It's just when I write comedy, it starts as one joke, and then it goes from there. So Here's it starts the as one, like, and it goes out. You're 
an older guy, but you're a young comedian. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. Two years, uh, May 5th. And then there was like a while and there. You can't judge your speed in it on other people's speed in it. Just because somebody's been doing it for two years and is more advanced. I see comedy as like a college. Okay, it's like I'm in comedy college right now. And I was just starting to get into my junior year. It was going real good. It was like, yeah, junior year. I'm gonna, I might get out of junior year early. And then fucking everything shut down. So I'm like a junior in comedy college. And, you know, so you're a sophomore, maybe freshman. You know, like, you know, some well, people. Just like a 40-year-old freshman that read a bunch of books. Yeah. You know, I don't really know shit. I think I agree with what you said. Uh, well, I, I relate to what you said about coming into it late and already having my, already having your world position you know, or whatever. Yeah. I just don't know. I'm just getting loopy, but, but uh, yeah, it was just like, I just came in with like a world view. But when I first started, like I had this impression of comedy that it was wild, you know? Like, because I've been watching fucking Andrew Dice Clay videos or whatever. And then, um, and then living, like, when you see it. Uh, and then, uh, also thought, like, like, weird, like, just making up shit, you know? Like, just making, like, making shit up. Like, I saw a dog in the back of a pedicab. So I'm like, people like pedicabs. Pedicabs are downtown. People like dogs. So I'll write a joke about it. You know, and it was like funny, I guess. It had jokes in it, but like it was just flat. It wasn't real. That's a normal progression people think. Yeah. And then I wrote a joke about the neighborhood I live in after I saw this comic. Uh, I saw this comic at Thick Skin, and then I was like, you could just tell he was far superior than anyone there. You know, really, <laughs> honestly, your jokes sound more like stories. They don't sound like, I mean, but they sound like stories that are funny or whatever if they're written in the right way but they don't sound like because it's hard for writers to that don't write like bits. like writing bits for comedians is one thing but like right comedy writers aren't necessarily stand-up comedians all the time so like a lot yeah, of writers are, have you tried what? a lot of comedy writers are um you gotta have a Sir? lot of things when you write a story. Did you forget the word and just make up one? No, I was thinking. <laughs> what was that last word you said? You said I just Sir? worked it all together. Oh. You go, Searle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're trying to get it out, but it's like all the words are. Yeah, yeah. Trying to come out at once. Word economy. I learned that watching Joe Rogan. He talks a lot about word economy. I, I didn't watch Joe Rogan, and I've been catching up on him. That's an interesting. But he talks a lot about word economy yeah really what it is dude like it's yeah it's word economy yeah <sighs> yeah um but i don't know i don't know how you feel you don't like joe rogan oh man i don't necessarily like him either dude but like i had a lot of time on my hands no so no i know i can't i've actually thought Those about Coast podcasts aren't as fun as the west coast podcast. here's the thing about joe rogan and i wasn't gonna bring it up but it came up um make it tight no I've said it a bunch lately, so I should have it pretty tight. But I don't want to. Like he's fake, man. You can tell, dude. He's just, he's kind of like a bunch of other people's personalities put together. Here's what were you going to say? 
here's the thing about Joe Rogan is like, I don't even know, I've never really watched his stand up or listened to his podcast that much. I don't really know a lot about the man himself. So I don't really have an opinion on any of him, but I do know that I can't date a Joe Rogan fan. Um, I can't, oh, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I because I can be friends with fans, but I can't date a Joe Rogan fan because we just don't get along. I mean, I've, it's been like six or seven, like the other Brian, Brian um, Sanchez. Yeah. He's a Joe Rogan fan. Well, he studies with one of uh, one of the great jiu-jitsu teachers that Joe Rogan always wants to come out here. And... He was, I mean, I'm saying that, like, I've watched the videos of him fighting or wrestling or whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah. And he's not bad at that. He was pretty good at that. You um, know what Joe Rogan is? Like, he got way famous really fast. And, um... And he just never learned who he was or whatever. So he's been using this podcast to figure out who he is. And he's just like a bunch of personality. Like he's other people's. But he's an actor. That's what Hollywood does to you. But some, out. some people call some men. But, but, he, but he, yeah. Jopra. Jopra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But he has really interesting guests on. I don't know. Like, I know. I don't know. Like, when I first heard Joe Rogan was doing a podcast years ago, I was like, whatever. And I started doing comedy and I was like, whatever. And Lewis is always watching them. Like everyone's always watching them. And yeah, then, I mean, uh, I, have I don't know if you can tell, but I can't like, like I have to just like have one or two friends that are like my good friends. <laughs> like I can't have too many friends. I don't know why. I don't anyway, have too many friends. I was always talking about them, but yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. I don't know, he's just a bunch of other people, dude. Like, I don't know. He's always wearing hunting shirts, but he lives in LA and he just wants to move to Colorado. Like it's almost like my dad always wanted to move to Alaska, but like Joe Rogan can't move here. What's he going to do? He's going to go, he's going to go to comedy works and be like, uh, oh, this is nothing like the store. You know? Joe Rogan moves to Denver and likes it and stays. I'm moving. I'm leaving. Do you know how many Joe Rogan fans will try comedy in Denver? If Joe Rogan moves to Denver, I won't be able to do it. Anymore. Well, he, He's a problem, yeah. He's his podcast. It's he, not uh, him. It's his fans. It's like Jesus, you know. Well, no, he, he and his people, Red Band and all those guys, like they, they, when there was no, when it was just podcasting equipment, it was just podcasting equipment. Podcasting was just podcast equipment, and a bunch of people in their garage or whatever that their radio. Like he, him and Red Band figured out how to brand it. You know, they brought like. Anyway, like that's I, I don't have anything. I'm just saying, like Jesus, I don't have anything personally against Jesus if Jesus exists, okay? But I don't like fans of Jesus. Yeah. I agree. I agree with uh all your Joe Rogan stuff too. I'm just trying to No, I know. I'm not arguing with you. Sometimes people think I'm mad when I'm not. No, I don't think you're mad. I'm just this is the reality of the situation. Yeah. Is that he he invent he invented him and the guys that he was working with invented branding on podcasting and like, you know what I mean? They, like has a, you know what that means, branding? Like it's okay. Yes, I know what branding means. I, I have a part of my bachelor's degree is in marketing. It's in communication. Is it? Yes, I have. I took a marketing class in college. I have an associate, I ended up, I mean, I went to school, I went to college for 20 years pretty steadily on and off. I had to miss some semesters because I had children. I like gave birth 
but I took yeah, one or two classes sure. pretty steadily since 1997 to 2015. So almost a 20 year bachelor's, but I have an associate's in accounting. I have a bachelor's in business and communication with a minor in political science. Yeah, I'm a I was a communication, not a business communication. And I have, I now have, I think the total at the moment is $84,000 in student loans. Because oh, I you didn't pay No. I finally got mine paid off, but. But I went to school for a long time and I changed my major so many times and it was. When did you graduate? 2012 and 2015, but I started in 1997. You fucked up. I had yeah. Yeah, and I anyway, didn't know what I wanted. And you put a bunch of what? What? I'm sorry, I didn't know what I wanted, so I changed oh. my major a lot. Yeah, I'm, if I ever do have a kid, I'm gonna be like drop out of school, and just see. Like maybe you want to go back, maybe you don't. But um, you can't. But, uh, I, yeah. You can't have those expectations either when you have a kid. You're gonna. You have no idea what you're gonna do when you have a kid because you don't know who that kid's gonna be. I had four of them. And they all four needed an individual plan. It didn't work for all of them. They're not motivated by the same things. I could ground my youngest kid to his room and he wouldn't care. He'd be like, sweet, I'll be in my room because he doesn't have a lot of friends. He doesn't give a yeah, shit. That was me. That was me. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I would go in there and I would take away all of his stuff, all of his video games and shit. He would just sleep. He'd sleep for two fucking days. He didn't give a shit. He'd come out ungrounded and go about his life like nothing happened. No, it didn't matter. I never found a good way to really motivate him, so I just gave up and was like, look, buddy, I've given you all the tools and advice I can. He, he just graduated high school. Just be lucky if he doesn't get into You don't want him to get the drugs too early. He smokes weed a lot. I smoke weed with him. Yeah. Or them. Yeah, he's not wanna, I don't know. No, we smoke marijuana. He started smoking it at 12. I know you, I hear about all these people that got smart smoking weed, but all the kids I uh, smoked weed when I was in high school are kind of retarded. No, my kids are all great. My, my oldest one's kind of, my oldest one's not the nicest person. She might be a narcissist, but she's a independent adult that takes care of herself when she's 23. Yeah. She doesn't need me to take care of her. I currently owe my 21 year old child 600 bucks. <laughs> and I'm a pair cool. when I get my tax return. I don't pay for my Hulu or Netflix or any streaming services. They're all on my kids' money now. It's already paid off, is what I'm saying. I invested wisely. They're very supportive. I'm very close with my children, my three children, three of my children. Even the child that I'm not close with, we still love each other and she knows I love her and she loves me. We just don't associate with each other. We're a lot alike. Yeah. I have, uh, I have nieces. Lewis's dog is one of my nieces. His dog? Yeah, have you seen his dog? No, but I was like, please don't tell me, Lewis. Does Lewis have children? No. Oh, thank God. Here's the thing, dude. Here's the thing about not having kids. In my in my opinion, if you don't have children, yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit if you don't have kids. Be the biggest piece of shit. Live your dreams. Just go sleep on the curb. I don't care what you do. Just if you don't have kids. 
You can do whatever the fuck you want, and it's fine. Well, you know what they say, the grass is always greener. Yeah. No, it just some people need to have, can have kids, and some people shouldn't. It's more natural to have, want to have kids, right? Who knows? It was so pushed on us by society from day one, because we had That's to- That's another reason why I didn't think I want, because I was like, if these, these assholes that are running this world into the ground, they're telling me. No. I don't know. I just made excuses my whole life. And, uh... We're not animals. We're not. Yeah, dogs have a, a dogs have a, a need to breed to fuck and to make more dogs. That drives them. That that, that isn't about just about pleasure. I say I say we do too. Right? No. Well, we can control it though because we have brains that function at a much higher level than dogs do we're not dogs we're humans and our brains should be able to function at a level that controls our behaviors enough to not rape somebody you know what i mean or do it against their will at least or to be able to control yourself to not produce a baby for you to take care of we should be able to do that we don't i didn't but we should be able to because it's a societal thing it's no big deal here for, for me to have kids before i'm 24. it's normal yeah it's better that way you just get it out of the way yeah. if you're gonna have kids get it out of the way i don't know it's different for everybody there's no one way to do every anything there's seven billion people in the world there's not one way to live your life and they're not, there's not a wrong yeah. way the right way. There's just an individual way to live your fucking life. Everybody shouldn't have to live their life the exact same way or they're wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm fully reinforced on my uh, worldview, but there isn't going to be anyone to prolong my DNA, especially if my sister doesn't have a kid. Mm, that's true. So that's a complex but uh i don't know and then i watched the the waco miniseries yeah i haven't watched it yet. i like the cult stuff that they're have you seen the one in oregon or now the waco thing is like i was living near waco texas when that went down yeah i was in like middle school i lived in yeah. tyler texas which is really close so I know what really happened, and I, so far I don't even like the first way it started when he busts out and he says, there's women and children in here. That didn't happen. He never busted out. He never showed his fucking face and said there's tried to protect anybody. He never did shit. So that did not happen. Well, I heard he was selfish, but I think he right. was. He was one of the lambs of God, and that's why they had to shut him down, dude. Like. In the movie, like, you think that's true? What if it is true? What if he was? He raped he, children, so I don't care. He raped children, dude. Like, that's all. No, he did. He molested children. That's a fact. That's a fact. I've, read, I've watched the movie from a guy that was in there. I'm saying that, he, that maybe he didn't molest that guy. He molested girls. No, he slept. He had young wives oh my god i'm not gonna argue he was, with you he was like uh the women have so the women are lying the women have been interviewed that grew up that you know what he was doing oh really yes i lived like right by there when it went Did down. they say that he was abusive or? like sexually abusive to the women 
and the the he demanded that the men give him his wife their wives yeah well he was trying to make 24 people to defend jesus when he right. came back but i'm just saying like he messed with teenage girls young girls that were not like seven-year-olds maybe but like 13 year olds 14 year olds 15 year olds well he married man. he did he married a 14 year old yeah that's illegal that's gross law. And that's no, what, because of Texas law, he had... I don't give a shit what the law says. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like... I don't care. Like, My point is, is like... Yeah, if he's he, a piece of shit, but you can't just blow it off like that. You got to be like, why? Why did the government spend all that money to shut him down? Because he was amassing a lot of guns. And he was... <laughs> who, is who is it? My dad has like 30 guns. He, your dad isn't... Because he thinks a race war is going to happen. But is he radicalizing a group of 40 or 50 people in the middle of nowhere and threatening? He's, white middle class, he's a white middle class guy that has rich friends. I'm not saying. Oh, no. that, look, look, here's the thing. I'm not saying the government went in there because they wanted to protect children. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the results justified the means for me to destroy. Yeah. Them. I'm sorry that some of his children died in it. That sucks. It's awful. I'm sorry that other like he wasn't the only one that died that would have been the best case scenario but they yeah. got as many kids out as they could and he wouldn't let his own dna children go and they yeah. all died and i don't think that's a horrible thing those kids are dead they don't have to hurt or be in a shitty ass fucking world and be in pain anymore they got out easy than having to grow up in that fucking weird ass shit the rest of their life i, I have friends that well, yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what it's grown up? Whole thing. Do you know but, anybody personally that's grown up in a cult? Well, we call them cults because we've been told they're cults, but they're really just sex of people. Okay, whatever. Do you know anybody who's grown up in a sect that is being called a cult? That's why I'm so fascinated by it. I want to okay. know. Well, I have a, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, 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 uh, there's a couple podcast interviews I've done where I've recorded with cult people that have grown up in cults. And as children were raised in that environment and it fucked them up. And they're okay now, but there's a lot of damage done to them. And they, they yeah. have, not even if they weren't sexually abused, just the religious indoctrination fuck them up. Yeah, well, religion's shit. Yeah, I don't, I'm not religious. I'm an animal. I'm not but, saying um, you have to agree with me. I'm helping explain why. I'm just saying. Uh, he was I a bad guy, and the world's better off that he's dead. There's something about it. I don't know what it is, but why do these people follow these other people? Like, I've studied all of it. Like, I've read this book, and then I like. He was a dangerous guy. guy. What's that? He was a dangerous guy. But like, yeah, a lot of cult, like he. I don't know why they, uh, and then there was that guy that was a theology professor, and then he. Part of it started because he wouldn't pay his taxes. There was a reason they went in there, yeah. And Part the president was like George Duff, Herbert Walker Bush, which Look, is no idea, fucking. Part of it started because he wouldn't pay his taxes, and then. He ordered a bunch of grenades. Yeah, and he, I mean, it was part of it. There was many layers to why they went in there that weren't really, that kind of force wasn't justified for those reasons alone. But I felt the force was fine because they were trying to save these children that were being abused, which they were. And they were, but like they didn't need They weren't to, trying to save, there was not, the children weren't. I know. I don't think so, yeah. 
But even if, even if they killed the entire cult, at least those kids got to be free and not be raised by that fucking lunatic. They're better off dead than being raised by that fucking lunatic. Sometimes when certain people die, not the children, but when, when that, the, the Waco guy died, some people are so fucking big pieces of shit that when they die, the world becomes a better place. Yeah. And he was one of them, not his kids, but him and every other fucking adult in there, the world became a better place when they died. Him especially. I don't know about the other adults, but him for sure. The world became a better place when Charlie Manson died. The world became a better place when he died. The world's a better That's place. That's another guy I've researched a lot. Like, uh, Yeah, I have too. Like they, he was in jail like three or four times and they let him go every time. Like, He's hardcore. Like he helped him. Like, like he was... Yeah, there's a story. Brian Cranston has a story. Yeah, he, I just think there's the whole the whole thing I'm saying is there's something deeper to it. Like maybe this thing we're being told that like there's a deeper world. People are sheep and they want someone to follow and they will follow somebody if they're weak enough. And they want to be a follower. There's people that yeah. want to follow and not think. And if someone says some shit that speaks to them, especially if they get them higher on drugs and stuff like that, and they're young and they're impressionable, or they're just an impressionable person, they yeah. can fucking, there are fucking narcissists and sociopaths out there that can take, because that's how herd mentality works. That's how humans work. They, 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 the, you know, when you get a herd of humans together, they're awful. So you're, are you one, are you, just real quick, I'm not attacking you. Right? Uh, are yeah. you under the impression that any, any ideology that becomes somewhat mainstream to a class of people is wrong if it's not under our own government or something? Mm -mm. How do you know these people are wrong? Dude? Because I've talked to people that have come out of cults and they've told me what has happened in those cults. Personal one-on-one -on -one conversations that I have had with human beings that I care about. And I know that they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's... I, it's a per, I have personal knowledge from some... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so... Yeah, and so that's how I know. Is because I have... Per, I lived by there. I have personal knowledge. I know kids that came out of that. I know a yeah. kid that came out of that shit. He was little, but he was traumatized by it because all the kids that came out were small, but he was still traumatized his entire fucking life by that entire, like what he went through there and what he saw and all that shit was still in his head because he was like six or seven when he came out of it. But, yeah, and now he's living in regular society. And, yeah. and I know adults, I know a guy that was in Scientology for 27 years. I'll tell you his podcast. You want to learn about that? It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I know a dude, I know a, I don't know what the sect was called or whatever, but I just interviewed her. She lives in, oh, I can't remember. I've interviewed so many people, but she, um, she was in a religious cult type situation. She didn't get into a lot of detail with me because she doesn't know me personally to just spill her guts about it. Um, but she started talking about it and she has jokes about it and stuff. And I know that she, I mean, I wouldn't say she would think she was better off dead. I'm just saying like he had to be stopped. He had to be stopped. They didn't go in there to stop him for the right reasons at all. But it was the, the at the end of the day, he needed to be stopped. So in the, series, in the series, they tried to paint it like, you know, Ruby Ridge. Yeah, Ruby Ridge is a whole other. I don't understand Ruby yeah, Ridge. The ATF screwed up in Ruby Ridge, so they thought they could come back there. I don't know why they were so militant, but uh, Ruby Ridge is fucked up. 
Yeah. In the movie, in the movie, I don't know if this is true, but they talk about like how the FBI and the government police organizations are becoming more militarized. Ruby Ridge, they just wanted to be left alone to live their lives up in the mountains. And yeah. it was also about taxes and stuff. They went to serve a warrant. Yeah. And was it because he didn't pay his taxes? And he, yeah, they could put a warrant out on him. You, you, you don't pay your taxes. They would, George Herbert Walker Bush's government will want to take out white supremacists. Ruby Ridge and Waco are two totally different situations. It seems to be like the people the government really wants to hurt are the people that, that don't need them. They're like, we just are doing our own thing here. Yeah. That's why you years before but they dropped a bomb on those those black separatists in <laughs> and then just dropped it out of a helicopter onto where in Baltimore I can't remember exactly what I'll send you the thing but in Tulsa like recently no 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 oh. this was no this was this is when like the black situation seemed hopeless for black folks so i imagine that's it's like been that. many that's happened several times in our history yeah. but um well, there, was, there was the black the black panther movement yeah and they did that that parade yeah. and then they killed uh <coughs> named huey oh totally i don't know I just, i'm always interested in like these ideologies because like you know i was told one thing as a child and then i learned on my own that like a lot of it was a lie but mm -hmm. But the lie is what my dad said it the best. He's like, Brian, we don't have another world. Or we don't have, like, that's all we have. I was like, why do you even care that Donald Trump's the president? He's like, this is all we have, bro. Like, the reality, you know, that we're told. Yeah. So. I mean. And then I see these people that have these things, and then I see the pushback against it. But, like, uh, I don't know. I just don't know, like, that, that's the end of it. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's real or if what we're living in is real. Or, like, you know, I, I would, like, through my life, like, I attach, like, corporate America and all this stuff or, like, this or that. I really don't know. Like, maybe it's just getting old. But I don't know. There's a reason they went in there to kill Koresh. And I don't know, like, if yeah. Jesus did come back, that's what would happen. Yes, but Jesus would not marry a 14-year-old girl. You want to hear something funny? I was listening to, to Joey Diaz's. I, I don't believe in Jesus. So, like, oh, I, mean, as, I don't either, but yeah, he came back. As a Lord and Savior, I don't think that's, I, I don't even entertain that as a possibility, that that could be true. Um, and also, David Crush was talking, like, there's seven seals or something in the Bible. And he was talking about the fifth seal, like is what he was going to unfold, and like they always thought. say that they've been saying that since the fifties when they were going to. They thought it was the end of the world, and it was the rapture when the we got we were World War II. Every ten years, there's a new. It's going to. This is the worst it's ever been. There's going to be a rapture now. I grew up in Pentecostal religion. It was constantly about to be the rapture. It was constantly the end of the world. Constantly, constantly, constantly. And it, it never happened. Look at there's a plague. There were locusts. Last year, last year, locusts tore through uh, Africa. Yeah, like, it's not the first time locusts have tore through something in the cycle of the world. Yeah, yeah, it's that or 
it's fucking there's, dead. Yeah, exactly. There's exactly. Been, yeah. There's been these mass extinction things that have happened over and over again in the world. Yeah. But it's because Mother Earth and nature is trying to kill the parasites that are killing her. Yeah. It's just the cycle right. of nature. It's the cycle of nature. Things are created and things are destroyed. It's the cycle of nature. It's always been that way. All the entire written history of humanity, there's a cycle. Mother Earth's coming back, so you better start figuring out how to fucking recycle. <laughs> Even if they throw it in Malaysia, that's not your fault. You know, I don't know. I, I like to go out. No, going back to glass would be the best, because glass breaks down. Yeah. It turns into sand. It's not. But, that's, but plastic is the real. There's Remember reusable Pepsi? Life. Remember when Crystal Pepsi came out? Yeah. Yeah. In a glass. Everything was in glass before that, dude. I and like then there was Crystal Pepsi. Pepsi in a plastic bottle. And everyone was like, yeah, it's the future. Remember this? Yeah. I, I like Coke in plastic. And I then like that's what's going on, yeah. I like Coke in bottles better. But I mean, it's all... Yeah, I don't, my whole life I've been scared about diabetes because it runs in my family. Yeah. And then in the process of avoiding sugar, I've fucked myself up in ungodly other ways. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I don't know, dude, it's just like this thing, like, I don't know, I've heard some Canadian people, like intellectuals, talk about cognitive dissidents, I think, or just cognitive yeah. abilities. Yeah. Um, and the Canadian education system is designed to make people think more cognitively, where our system is designed on facts. It's like we learned history through war. It starts with the Spanish-American War. Facts and then it, that they have manipulated to make us think a certain thing. Yeah. The war thing is what surprised me growing up. Yeah. I didn't realize. I didn't realize they were using. That's how they do it. They use war. Have and now seen, all the movies are about war. Have you seen Oliver Stone's? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that. The history of the United States. I was I was pretty I jaded. <laughs> I was pretty jaded about the government before I watched that. You know, yeah. I was pretty, but I was still like, yeah, I'm a Democrat, right? You know what I mean? I still picked side. You want to be a good person. Yeah. Because I wanted, but I wanted to like. At one point, I wanted to try to fix the Democratic Party and make it better, but then I realized it's too fucked. It's too fucked. You can't fix it. The, the I thought Bernie was going to revolutionize it. Yeah, I know. Well, it's fucked. I really did. I thought he was going to, and then whatever. I got involved in it at a at a at like a county and local level. Me too. Um, and like, I was trying to get precinct committee positions elected, and I mean, I don't want to get into all that, but yeah. Um, but after you're an organized lady. Huh? You're an organized person. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I had spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> I held, I held, I held trainings to teach them. And I got a notary to come. So anybody that wanted to sign up to be a precinct, to, to be vote, you have to be voted in. But if you wanted to be a precinct committee person, I had the notary there for you. You could sign right up. You could do it. I made it real easy. I got everybody. I got like speakers to come that were precinct committee people or that were senators or I have like personal professional friendships with people that the governor or not the governor, the mayor of Wichita. Fuck. Maybe I should live here. The mayor of Wichita and me are like on a professional friend level. Like I, I'm, I'm his friend on his personal Facebook page. I comment on pictures of his kids. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. 
people that have ran for office here that are progressive Bernie type people like uh, James Thompson. I'm like, he came to, I did a show that was a benefit for Planned Parenthood and he came to that. And there was hardly, there was like 10 people at that fucking show, but James Thompson came to it and gave us like 200 fucking dollars. And so, huh? James Thompson. He was running for Senate or something here in, in Kansas, in Wichita or house. It was, I can't remember if it was house of representatives or Senate or whatever. I don't remember what race it was. <laughs> What's that guy's name? He's your secretary of state or was, I don't know. Colback or something. Oh, Colback. He's not mine. I'm a Colorado now. Fuck Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what a shit sack, dude. Even his face was like all fucked mm -hmm. up. And Brownback, the mayor we had. I don't know. I my my uncle is a salesman for General Dynamics. Yeah. He worked for the Swedish government. Now he works for Ericsson. Yeah. Okay. So in two thousand one or three, he like had, we had dinner together, and he travels all over. He lives in D.C. He came to Ann Arbor and took me out to dinner, and he was like, Brian, like in in so many words, he was like, Brian, there's a revolution coming, and it's not what you think. You need to get your shit together. You need to get a job. You need to like be a part of this right wing thing. Like, he didn't even say it. I already knew what, what he was. And I was like, man, this guy's full of shit. Because the, the, I, I thought, the, you know, I thought it was going to change. And then Obama happened. And then this happened. And like, he was right. Like, no. He was trying to cue me in, but I'm glad I'm not part of that. But yeah, here's the thing, dude. He's a millionaire now. I don't give a shit. He's a chump, dude. <laughs> I'm not driven by money. And so here's, saying, here's the thing. I mean, I like money, but I'm not driven by it necessarily. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't wish for, if I won the lottery, I would give so much of it away. I'd be like it's Oprah. Comfort, yeah. I'd be like Oprah to my family. Be like, you get a car, you get a car. You, you know what I mean? Um, I'd yeah. be helping everybody. I would get overwhelmed and probably kill myself. But it's um, the comfort. Uh, yeah. yeah, I want just enough money to. Be, I made twenty one thousand dollars last year. Last year and lived pretty comfortably. I wasn't really that upset about it. That's what I make every year, but I do that on purpose, so I'm not. Um, I raised four children. I did it in Wichita, but still, I raised four children with my child support on twenty four thousand dollars a year. And they got to go to soccer practice. They got to do things. I figured it out. I made money. We figured it out. I have always been poor my entire life. I've been fucking poor. So I know how to be poor. I know how to make do. I'll be fine if fucking shit goes down. It's the rich people that won't know what to do. They don't know how to live without money. I know how to live without money. I've lived happily because I had parents. I had amazing parents. My home was rich in love. And so I, 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 I've always, but I've always been poor and and so it's not, it's not that big a deal. And our system, the only way to fix the fucking system in this government is to completely burn it down and start over. We're fucked. It's always been built on a rigged system. Of white guys. You really believe that? I do believe it because of history. The truth, the true history, not what they taught me in school, but the true history, because you know, every 50, 75 years or whatever, they release these things about the government that we didn't know about. And so they're, they're, yeah. it's always from the day one, it's been rich white guys controlling everything and trying to get richer and richer off the backs of everybody else. That's how our entire country and most of the world's countries are set up. Yeah. Well, they're set up around, uh, 
yeah, system of constant growth. There was like a release in the eighties or something, uh, like some CIA guy released some stuff or person, and they uh, they said the the whole crack thing or whatever was uh, put it out, put it out in uh, what was it? Put it in, put it in sight. Like yeah. don't put the. Being in Detroit, I saw this because there was like there's these projects right by the Lodge Freeway before you get to downtown, and the police dubbed it like prohibition zone or whatever you could oh. do what you want as long as you stayed in that area black people started to get a little bit of power and make a little bit of you know well that's later but yeah this was like like put it in plain sight that was the cia's in the 80s it's yes. right there right there selling crack like no like, they kind of like that mentality in the reagan administration was carried over the corporate people after two like not now it's just that it's just tell them who we are you they, know they like, purposely pumped crack into the ghetto poor or black neighborhoods but i'm saying but i'm saying like it's just put it out in the open that's what they got from that for us we got like that's terrible these people are but for them it was like hey if we just put like our president is a brand name He's the first brand name president. They were like, if we get them to right in the open, like, okay, we got this asshole. Like, this is what we are. Yeah. <laughs> Not trying to hide it anymore, and the Democrats are still trying to kind of hide it. I know. If they get, and they were like, like, if we can get these people tips. distracted with crack, we won't have to worry about them trying to be. It was too. Well, crack is the yeah. Crack was the vehicle for that, but yeah. Yeah. Also, they're they're gonna be. It was other things before. They tried heroin. That didn't work. They're gonna be distracted and addicted and addicted to crack. They're going to be, and then also we can criminalize and demonize them because they're addicted to crack. I mean, it was purposely set out into the world. And then when it started affecting white people, when white kids started smoking crack, they're like, "Oh God, say no to drugs." Yeah. Yeah. Say no to drugs. Tell, tell young kids not to do something and see what happens. I'm just saying, like, they didn't care about, they, they cared about crack when it started getting into the white neighborhoods. They cared about heroin when it started getting into the suburbs. I mean, at least where I'm from, it all started with the GI Bill. Like, they gave all these guys coming out of World War II. For one thing, get everyone to be in the Army. So mm -hmm. when they come out, they're all whatever. And then... Uh, I went into the Army. I didn't make it through basic, but I went into the Army. I kind of wish I would have. If I would have went into the military after high school, it would have been the the, the um, Clinton years. I would have been like in Germany. It didn't matter. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I was in no place for order. I would never have last. I can't do a push-up. Me either. That's why I got sent home. I, I never would have been able to do the physical stuff. But And I refused to be brainwashed, and I refused... Because okay, they were yelling at me, but I knew they couldn't hurt me. They couldn't hit me anymore, and so I was like, if I had thought they could hurt me, I would have listened to them. But I knew they couldn't physically hurt me. They couldn't slap me or hit me. They could say whatever they wanted. I was like, whatever the fuck you want, I don't care. You can't hit me. And so I, it really didn't work on me that well. And then, um, but if I had stayed in, I was just in the reserves. If I had stayed in, I would have been in for when when I got out, I would have come home for three months. That I would have said been sent to Bosnia. For a year and a half living in a goddamn tent and i would have got pregnant on purpose to come home so i don't know i wouldn't have, you were cleaning up in this. i don't know yeah probably the same thing but it would have been bad it would have given me structure 
but I don't know. But I don't blossom under structure. I don't blossom yeah. under structure. I don't know if I do. I've never had. I blossom in chaos. I don't yeah. know. I've never had a whole lot of structure or stability either, but I know that the few times I've tried in my life as a mother and tried to have that life. I had a, I had a boyfriend that lived in the suburbs here and me and my kids lived with him for a little while. We lived out in the suburbs of Wichita and it was a really nice, safe neighborhood. It was really fucking annoying. Everybody, the houses looked the same. They, everyone kept their, you know, HOA bullshit. Yeah, suburbs, yeah. I fucking hated it. I hated it. And I was <laughs> I would call my friend Nikki and I would cry to her and I'd be like, Nikki, I don't belong here. This is not my life. I got to get out of here. Like I got, but I felt like way about Wichita in general. I was like, I got to get out of here. I'm in, yeah. like, I escaped Wichita. I escaped. I escaped Michigan. Yeah. That's why I went to college. I took those loans out and went to Chicago. I didn't realize Michigan was as bad as it is until. Uh, it's not. It's really not, dude. It's, I talk all, I talk a bunch of shit about it, but um, not Detroit, but the the other parts of the state. Oh my god! Well, the west side of the state is where Mike Pence used to be congressman, and that's where Betsy DeVos is from, and Eric Prince. And there are seriously racist parts over there, like Hudsonville. You call them cults, even, but they work with the government, so they're not cults. Or whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize that. As I went to college, I went to college with some of those guys and I went to visit them and stuff and I just, I didn't like it over there. I didn't know why. No, but, I think uh, racism's alive and well because well, our guys- it was part of the economy. It's like we were talking about with crack. It just, it became, with crack in the ghettos or whatever, it became part of the economy. Like there's all these shitty factory jobs or you can sell weed and make the same amount of money. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, the and then out there it's religion. Out there it's religion, dude. Like, you know, it's just it's serious out there. Like, which is weird. There's this town called Sagatong, and mm -hmm. uh, John Waters has a home there, and it's gay. Sagatong, um, Michigan. It's the capital. Not Saginaw. Sagatong. Oh, I was thinking. Saginaw of is uh, yeah. Saginaw is a town too. I just know the song from Animaniacs. What's that? You know Animaniacs? They have this song where yeah. they, they we're bright, We're toony. We're all a little loony. Yes, they have a song where they sing all the capitals of every state. Oh, it's Lansing. Saginaw's a... Saginaw's coats where we used to go buy drugs. When we were going. They say something about Saginaw, Michigan. Maybe they're... Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like an old factory town that broke down or whatever. But there's this hill there. For the Native Americans, it used to be like a Native American thing. But yeah. there's this horror horrorcore group called Bedlam from there. They're my favorite. Have you been up in the South Dakota in the Black Hills? With my parents when I was a kid. I took my kids there. My mom. We went camping over Fourth of July. And yeah. We went to the. We were being pretty cool. We went to the Washington the the presidents. <laughs> yeah, Rushmore. <laughs> Rushmore right and I walk up to it and I was disappointed I was like it's so small I thought it was going to be bigger like I was underwhelmed I was like no I I'm saying but then we go to this one where the Indian preservation where they're building this huge um huge it's going to be huge if they can ever finish it because they refuse to take money from the American government to finish it it could have been finished God, I can't think of it standing no Generation to generation. Let me, I'm going to look it up. Cause it's, I don't know. Navajo culture living in 
Durango. I drove a taxi, and like like Durango's like a weekend spot. People come from Mexico. A lot of Navajo guys. Like people would come up and they'd be wasted and they'd just be telling me about shit. Yeah. It was like a monument for the natives. Yeah. It's gonna be huge if they ever get it done. Yeah, that's probably their thing. Is like. It'll be done when, when this is all, you know. They want to fund you know, it and do it themselves. And they don't think like beginning and end. They don't think like life is like a series of steps. They don't trust the white man to give them money. think different, but then, yeah. For sure. That's totally why. They, they just think like some of the shit they told me, I was like, oh, that's why these. And like, yeah. A lot of the drug abuse and stuff, from what I can tell, is just because their culture's been so, like, they can't live their lives. Crazy Horse Memorial. Crazy yeah. Horse. He was a chief guy. I don't know Crazy Horse. He's the guy that beat Custer. It's going to be huge. It's massive. And their whole, their whole thing there, the, 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 whole, the whole little setup they have there was way more entertaining. I, I hated Mount Rushmore. And the people at Mount Rushmore that worked in the case, I was, I, the, Mount Rushmore was like the least good thing about that trip up there. The Indian thing was- Because it, it was a monument, like the native, you know about Navajo Lake? No. Navajo Lake, straight south of Denver. But it was, uh, it was like a tiny little lake and there was this monument that's like sacred to the Navajo people and they would come and like put flowers and stuff. The ranchers didn't like it, so they convinced the government to build a dam. So now it's underwater. Mm. And then, like, they gave the Apaches a lot of the land, which the Apaches aren't even from there. Whatever, but they gave them all the land, and then they gave them one. There's one little parcel of land that's a military base, like right in the middle. <laughs> Shit like that, dude. Like mind control, you know. I'm saying our government's been fucked from the beginning. The second we step foot on this earth. George, George W. Bush's grandfather, Preston, Prescott Bush, which is, that's what Ronald Reagan named his first kid, Prescott. Uh, George W. Bush's. I wanted to make a documentary about him until I realized how serious this shit is. I'm like, like there's no things about him. You can read things. but Yeah. Land the bank that allowed the Nazi government to work with American businesses for the war or whatever. Mm. Worked for the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Mm -hmm. He's the one that figured out if you parcel off the land and give everyone a parcel of land that you can like whatever, and that's what started the reservations. Or whatever. Yeah. I know. Our government's fucked. They've always been fucked. And the only way to fix it is to burn it down and start over. And we can't do that without hurting and killing a lot of people. So. I agree, too. I, when I was traveling, when I first moved out here, I went to a couple anarchist camps. They had these gatherings. You can find out about them online. And uh, Those people annoy me. Well, they're doing things. I realized it's a regional. The only way to approach it's regional. Like one group was working at Black Mesa to stop the coal extraction. 
what I want to do sounds a lot like a cult, but it's not because I'm not going to try to be an actor. Cult's one of those mind control. They put that in your brain. You know, I don't like, want to. I don't want to mind control everybody. I just want to. Um, I, I, as an individual, first want to be as self-sufficient as I can. Um, like I really want to live in a van, and I want to have solar panels on it. And I want to, I mean, water is the trickiest part about being self-sufficient on water and of course, gasoline. Um, so I just want to try to be as self-sufficient as I can to where I don't need a lot of money. That's the biggest thing. I try, now that my kids are grown, I'm cheap. I, I want to keep everything I can down to a minimum so that I don't need a lot of money so that I don't have to work a lot. I don't have to make a lot of money and it's okay. But I mean, I have a nonprofit I'm trying to start, but I'm not concerned about me making most money. There is a job I might take, but it's at the National Renewable Energy and it's an accounts payable position. At NREL, they're doing really cool stuff. So for renewable energy, they're trying. So yeah, I don't know. I, uh... Yeah. Well, you said you're starting a nonprofit, but you're not trying to make money. But it's like when there's an attack or something like a natural disaster you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of other people so yeah you put a pay like you know you pay yourself no i want to make money off of it but i'm not going to pay myself two hundred thousand dollars a year well no yeah that's what the you, you see that eps yeah like the six people control all yeah yeah you just pay yourself uh, a living or I don't know, like wage, and a living wage to me is like forty thousand dollars. That's a living wage. You, you got to use both. Like I realized when I produced my movie, and it, and I realized how hopeless I was to get it out to people. Like, uh, I had this childish, like I was just gonna travel the country or whatever, and all this stuff. You say you have goals. What? Did you say goals? Yeah, I had all these goals. Like when I was making my movie, I was going to go on a tour and like play it in coffee shops and stuff. You have to have obtainable goals. Yeah, yeah. So I realized at the end and then it's about, uh, so we live in reality, right? Like I have to live in reality and yeah, I have to live on reality's terms somewhat. Yeah. So I found this apartment at seven fifty a month. Goals have to be adjustable to somewhat. Goals have to be adjustable, especially long-term goals. That's why I moved out here to figure it out. Because in Chicago, I just couldn't think, dude, you know? You mm -hmm. just wake up and it's traffic. And then, what's your job? Yeah. And I was like at a grocery store applying for a job. And I'm like, dude, is this really? Like, did I move out to Chicago for this? I don't even want to be here. So then I moved to Colorado. Um, yeah. I like Chicago. I can't do the winners. Um, I had a pretty Chicago's cool. cool. It's just corporate, man. It's the center of the corporate universe, dude. It sucks. Yeah. It's where the Chicago School of Economics is. You know I mean, that? I'm just talking based on like uh, the comedy scene. <laughs> well, the comedy scene's cool too, but it's been affected. Even I went there in the past five years. So the Chicago School of Economics in 1978, these guys got together and they were like, why? Why, as corporate America, do we have to serve the people? Why can't the people serve us? And then, now that's 
whatever economy we live in. I know. Chicago, Chicago's where Bank of America is. It's where Chase Bank has all their lawyers. It's where uh, Northern Trust is. You know Northern Trust? Mm -hmm. They were the ones that threw those million dollar parties and they got the bailout. I have an accounting degree. I know. Yeah, it's the center because of that. Downtown was full of like homeless people and like affordable housing. And then we tore it all down and built these huge skyscrapers and then bankrupted the city. Yeah. And then, and then loan the city the money <laughs> to build it back up. And then, you know, they pay it off right away. Yeah. Gentrification is a, too, it, like happening in Denver is a collusion. Yeah. Between cops and, and city government and state government and big, rich developers. It's like a, before you notice that anything's being gentrified, that process has been in play for 10 years. But why are those people moving here? Because they made it safer. And they made it. Uh, it's because the war, like all those companies downtown, they're all investment firms and things for war. Halliburton, like. Well, yeah. And there's also technology and stuff here. I'm saying that people are moving here. There's a lot well, of jobs, dude. I know a lot of people in Denver. People like me and you. No, but I know a lot. I have friends that aren't aren't pieces of shit like me and you. Um, well, no, but they're lots of pieces of shit that work in that world too. Go ahead. No, I know. What I'm, I'm not. I don't think we're really pieces of shit. But you know what I'm saying. Oh, they are kind of. They just don't know. I'm just. I'm not a piece of shit. I'm a great human being. I'm just a bum. It's okay. Um, but, I love that picture. Human trash. The what? You posted a picture a while back or whatever it was like, you're like human trash. You're like, Oh yeah. Well, I'm all, I got it. My mom took that. It's in my mom's. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. Yeah. That could be a comment. said I'm human trash. I said I'm human garbage. Yeah. It's a good meme. It's actually a whole, it's like a whole thing. People that know me will tag me and stuff. Uh, regarding um, trash pandas and um, but mostly um, possums. Um, what do you know about possums? They're sweet, misunderstood creatures that eat garbage. My friend used to carry a bag of possums with him and he'd release them on the audience when he was playing. Live possums? Yeah. I'll send you the link. Were they babies or were they big? They're just pot, just whatever possum you could find. Street possum, Detroit. Yeah. Well, I would be like, I wouldn't have been scared of the possum. I'd have been like, everybody, shut up! He's scared. I would have been like, save the possum. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it gives you something to do because the music's terrible. He's a terrible. Uh, but there's probably people. Not because he's a terrible musician, but because he. Um, Poor possum. It's not a real thing. We had a movie where he would release, release rabid possums into the audience. And people were like, oh, yeah. They're not rabid. No, these ones were. No, they're just scared. Eight-mile possums. Possums don't get rabid. That's a myth. Really? No, yeah. They're just scared. They're terrified. I think they're awesome, dude, yeah. They're sweet. My, my friend owned yeah. a baby possum, and he had it in his home. We played with it. They just have really, they're like giant rats and they scare people. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they, 
and they're like kind of antisocial and you catch them to that. Because humans are mean to them and they've learned that Maybe. we Maybe they see the insanity. They're terrified of us and they should be. Yeah. I'm not sure why Tom chose possums, but. It's a, a lot of people are scared of them and there's a lot of myths around them. Everyone thinks. I don't know. It's yeah. true. I don't know why. Every, I, don't, I don't know what. I'm pretty sure it was the government that would have said that possums were bad and scared everybody. There, there has to be, like, maybe it was a big corporate uh, pest control company. I don't know. Maybe. It's I, just like, it's not like, it's not pretty in like, I'm terms gonna figure of like, out who told everyone yeah. that possums have rabies. I bet you there's something. Oh, I don't know about that, but I just know this, uh, no. my friend Tom used to travel around with a bag of possums. He would release them into the crowd. Now he's mean to possums. <laughs> the funny thing is, he became a vegan later, so I don't even know if he good. talks about it. Good. People evolve. They're not always assholes. I remember the day we moved into this apartment, and then he uh, he ended up leaving and moving back to Detroit to grow up with his girlfriend. But I bet you that if like, uh, he ate a hamburger, and he's like, I don't feel good. I don't think I'm going to eat meat anymore. If he's a vegan for animals, well, if he's a vegan for health, it's different. If he's a vegan for animals, he'll probably think his old self was an asshole. I used to be an asshole. Yeah, I was yeah. he became a radicalized vegan when he moved to LA. Good. He probably thinks that guy was a real dick. He'd agree with me. I was an asshole in high school. I was an asshole in high school. I was yeah, beating up people. I didn't think about other people. I didn't care about their feelings. And it's not that I thought about them to hurt them. I didn't intentionally try to hurt anybody. I just didn't think about them at all. Yeah, I think maybe uh, maybe I was like autistic or something, like, but not like crippling autism or, I don't know, I've always, my mom told me when I was four, I was like, uh, I'd barely been talking and I was like, uh, she said something, I'm like, what's the point? Life's pointless. And uh, I rediscovered that later in life, but she said it scared her. Like, I used to say all kinds of shit that scared her like that, which makes me believe in reincarnation. No, and then you forget about yourself. Yeah, no, you're born yeah. and you forget who you were as you get older. Yeah, that's what magic, the, well, I watched this, whatever, long story. I believe in reincarnation because I know that I haven't done anything karmically in this life to deserve some of the bullshit that's happened to me. Yeah. My, okay, look. Yeah, I was hanging out with Lewis today. He broke his phone and he ran into a car on his bike. Oh, man. Here, listen. This is something that's uh -huh. happened to me, okay? My eldest child, who's 23. I got to take my shirt off, sir. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. There's my shoulders. Okay. Well, Go ahead. What are you saying? I'm sorry. Your pants stay on, or at least I can't see your pants are off, and you're not jacking or anything. I don't care. I got a funny story about that. If you can be naked and I can't see your dick and you're not going to be pervy about it, do whatever you want. You're at home. It's just, I, I live next to the boiler, so it's hot. No, it's fine. Um, no, I, my daughter, who's 23, on April 21st, married my ex that I was with for six years. They've been together for five years. So she was 18. Right after we split up, they got together and now they're married. My ex of six years and my wait, child. your ex and your child? Yeah. Wait. Oh, but different father? Yeah, not her father. What's well, a small town? Oh. No. 
That's I got relatives in North Carolina and Kansas. Or not Kansas, but Kentucky. It's not normal here, and it's not normal in my family. I've never met one other person that's ever been able to be like, I can relate to that. Except, except the only person that can beat me is Woody Harrelson's wife. She's the only one that had it worse. She actually adopted and raised that child together. Um, yeah. I mean, she was 11 when we got together, and she was 17 when we split up. And it started right after we split up. She wasn't quite 18 yet. Supposedly it started after we split up. I think it started about four months before we split up. Because we weren't sleeping in the same, we were going to split up. We were just, gonna, yeah. just in a different bedroom. But we were trying to go through therapy, like couples therapy and stupid shit. And uh, it didn't work. But it turns out it wouldn't, no amount of therapy would have, would have, you know, he was already probably with my daughter at that point. But I don't think that he was like some creepy guy that conditioned her. Um, she probably started it. My daughter, I love her so much. And she had a lot of things about her, but she's very selfish. And I'm glad she's a girl because if she were a boy, she'd probably be a solo killer. Yeah, it's uh, She's like a narcissist. I don't know. It, yeah, it's weird why just people don't know why they're attracted to people like that. Like Woody Allen. You should be able to control it and not do it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, uh, so Woody Allen married his stepdaughter. No. What was it? What was she? Adopted child. Legally his. Oh, that's not, that's not called stepdaughter. No, that's your child. They adopted her when she was pretty and he raised her as his daughter and then married her when she was 18. Yeah, and then with Arnold Schwarzenegger and his uh It was Lucy Brinkley, yeah. Just but it's just like why do they he threw like everything away first? No, Woody yeah. Nelson did just wrong. What are you talking about? He didn't throw shit away. He threw away his wife. His wife was ruined by it. He's been fine. Oh you don't okay, I just figured yeah, I just lumped it all together. He's been making movies, he's been doing fine. No one gives a shit. He was the governor, dude. He's fine. Yeah, anyway, I'm just saying you don't know who you're but the whole Woody Allen thing, like I used to be like uh It doesn't matter if you don't mean to fall in love, you shouldn't do it. It's gross. It's like not it's gross for him because she he helped he she was eleven years old when they met. And then it's gross for her because I had sex with him for six years, her mother, and then she's gonna have sex with him. That's just fucking gross. There's just certain lines you don't cross. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I've never even experienced that before. I've been attracted to older women, but that's... My point is that that shitty thing, that destroyed me. It hurt me. Not because I was... And it's not because I'm jealous or I got cheated on. I lost my child. I don't have a relationship with my, my child because of this. So... Yeah, that is weird. What was I going to do? Be welcome Ben or welcome Andy into my home and like have family... Be go to their wedding and cry and be happy there. He's a horrible human being. That's why I'm not with him. I wouldn't want him with my daughter even if I hadn't dated him. But we were together for six years. It's my longest adult relationship, and now he's married to a kid. And so I just didn't do anything. That is weird. That is weird. Just something. I think in a past life I was a Nazi, um, not a Nazi, but like a Hitler youth, maybe. Like I didn't kill anybody or do anything, but I was like, yeah. Like Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. 
You know, I was a Hitler youth in a past life, and I'm being punished for it. And I was a man, and I was real big to women. I was gross to women. I was horrible to them. Yeah. Now I'm punished. How do you how do you know that? It's just what I think. It's my it's my theory. It's a theory. It's not. I don't know it. I don't say it's for sure. But it's a theory I have. Ever since I've been like ten years old, like I I knew all this shit about things, and like I told my parents, they're like, "No, that's wrong" or whatever. But then I found out it was all true. Like, you know, reincarnation. Like I just like, knew all this stuff. My oldest son has autism. Well, he's he's got Asperger's, which is a form of autism. But yeah. he had a lot of therapy, and he just people just think he's an asshole most of the time, but he's not. His brain just works different. Hmm. Do you really think you're a creep? <laughs> I think I'm a creep? No, you you have jokes about it. Do I have what joke? You the the mic we went to before we went out to ever yeah, the group went out to eat that one time, you were saying you were creepy or something? Oh, that was cause uh I keep calling her Abby, but I think her name's Ashley. Ashley N G? Yeah. What'd you do? Like she, uh, like she's not a comic or, I mean, she is a comic, but she took a class. She yeah. took Christy Bookley's class or whatever. She lives there or whatever. And like all the, I don't know. I, I just, uh, well, I was looking for jokes, but, uh, I think I, I don't know. Yeah. I just was saying, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Did she I don't think you creep? What? Did she say you were a creep? No, 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 no. I just set it up so it was a joke. Like, okay. yeah. You were talking before the mic. You weren't even on stage, and you had this whole thing about how you were like that. You were. I just keep saying shit that's kind of creepy. Like I don't, I can't, couldn't tell you now. But it just keeps. It accidentally happened. A lot of it has to do with like before comedy. I was living in my own world. No. Yeah. Your brain just works different. I'm just hyper aware, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Here's the and I, I think I found an angle. I was like, this is an angle I can use tonight. Here's the thing. Like, really, yeah, before I will have a man on this podcast, yeah. talk to some women I know that know them, and I'm like, hey, if I don't know them well enough myself, I'm like, hey, what do you think of this guy? Blah, blah, blah. And I haven't heard anyone ever call you a creep. Yeah. Never. No one's ever been like, Brian's a creep. They've said some other things that I'm not going to repeat, but they've never called you a creep. Yeah. I got old balls. I've said you probably have old balls. Yeah. But. No, it's uh, a lot of, a lot of the things I'm just kind of looking for ways to, be self-deprecating your balls are old they're very yeah they are old but here's the thing that i've learned about male comedians i haven't really dated a lot of male comedians or slept with a lot of male comedians like in the grand scale of the percentage of men i slept with there's been like three or four most of them were here in wichita there's one in denver that's it and um I, yes i have learned that if they make jokes if they make jokes about coming too fast or having a little dick, in my experience, it's true. Yeah. And I don't think you are a creep. I was just wondering if you really think you, I don't think, I don't think you're a creep, 
but and you're taking it just from that night or yeah I've heard, yeah i just use it as a way to get a laugh i've heard you refer to yourself as a creep on and off stage several times and i was like do you really think you're a creep that night though right no more than that night really no maybe there's a piece of me that wants to be the villain you know that wants to be like the old punk you know like like i got into like punk music and dissidents later in life punks aren't creeps like, uh, i don't know i'm just telling you what I, I don't know what it is it's just i was just looking for an angle to find okay good. no that's fine it's fine if you're looking for an angle yeah. for i don't know maybe i am i don't know if i'm creepy i don't even do I things that are creepy i'm not like hyper sexualized anymore i used to be but i didn't have to be creepy for that i can tell you that none of the women ever use the word creep to describe you Oh, cool. Well, that's nice to know. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. I tried to get banned one night. I was wasted. You tried to I tried to, get, tried to start a fight with Steve Vanderplug online. You, I saw that, and he handled it beautifully. And that whole situation ended great, and I love it. Yeah, I'm not, a, not like a confrontation. I just keep testing things. Like, I'm not a confrontational person. Well, I think it's who you, yeah, it was a part of the subject matter, too. That's stupid. I don't want to be like that, dude. Like, that was a stupid battle to pick, anyway. You weren't going to. When I was, uh, when I was starting comedy, I, uh. You went after Goliath, you know? Wow. Steve is like goliath of roasting people online but he's also a cool dude it didn't escalate to something where he was like getting personal and calling you a piece of shit or anything it stayed funny he roast he he talks shit on people or even mike or whatever but he's funny when he does it at least you know what i mean yeah that night i was feeling all like i'm like i gotta defend mike mike started it but whatever <laughs> did he start them yes because uh -huh. he whines about not getting up at mike's early and he's like calling people fascists and calling them a fascist because they they don't go in list order and all this stuff he started it with Steve. well you want to know something about mike mike shows up on time he signs up early and uh and like they still put him up last but because he drives the crowd away if he put him up early half the crowd will be walked if there is a crowd so like at irish rover if they put mike up too early he will walk people yeah he uh they're like, fuck this guy. He's weird. We're getting out of here. You have to curate a mic or you don't get a real audience that's not just Mike. That's not just comics. So he wants to go up earlier at Mike's. He needs to play to the crowd. You know, he needs to, I don't know, get better. I like the dude personally. It's nothing personal against him. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, I see a lot of myself in them because when I was in Chicago, I was writing all these screenplays. And, I, don't know, I just relate to Mike. I always like that sort of grimy character. No, I like him personally. I think he's a very interesting uh, yeah. person for me to be around and hang out with, but I don't want him. I would never book him on my show ever in a million fucking years. Yeah. Are you going to cut this out of the podcast? You don't cut anything out of the podcast. I can stop the recording if you're about to say some shit you don't want recorded. We've talked for... Well, it's just about Mike. Well, Mike is, uh, Mike, Mike's just 